1: Hello, hello again, everybody! It is time for a special pre-release hype episode of the Secret Icon Podcast, where news, reviews, retrospectives, rumors, and more lay in store. Guys, uh, as of this recording, we are less than forty-eight hours away from Starfield releasing on Xbox and PC, as well as Baldur's Gate coming to PS Five pretty pretty cool right constellations calling for your aid explorer in the fate of fail room lay in your hands traveler will you answer the call pretty excited for this episode this is a uh, been a long time coming i was just listening i was telling brian that i was listening to episode 200 we did with creighton and brian says in there he's like guys we just got to get through the rest of june and we got july and august and then starfield's here and here uh is. We're, yeah here it is this is crazy this is crazy. Yeah, How are you doing, really Brian?
0: Uh, doing pretty good, pretty good. Um, I I mean, some people might take this as a negative, but I think it's a huge positive. I have been so busy with uh, my daughter being sick, um, helping a friend through a tough time, just been really, my mind hasn't been on games much at all, and Josh and I also were an episode ahead recording podcasts, so we didn't record for like a week longer than normal, mm-hmm. so my mind has just barely been on Starfield at all and it's like right at my door and it's 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 just showing it's, up easy. In that like, sense know, it's like, a blessing in disguise. In that sense it's a blessing. Yeah. The negative is is I'm I've dot like and I, I if you guys listened to the last episode we talked about Starfield stressing and stuff, you guys will know what I mean. But like I'm not I'm I'm hyped as in like what this game is gonna be. But I'm not that hyped as in like anticipating like the same stuff we covered in that last episode. Like right. I've just got too much on my mind and, and things going on.
1: You know? well, I think everyone's kind of going through that in their own ways, Just trying to get that game's going to be the escape from all that stuff. Yeah. So I think younger
0: listeners here are probably more like uh, well, like, OK, for instance. Well, you know, I, I don't think of you know, I think of my brother Creighton as a very mature person. But like. Creighton would be technically, you know, he's another four years younger than me and you're already older than I am, Josh. So like four years younger than me and C- Creighton, he called me like a week ago and he's like, yeah, I bought a pair of space socks and I got my, my uh, limited edition and I got everything set up and like, he's, he's still like there, you know? That's um, great. So. Cause in
1: that podcast, I recall him saying like debating so much internally about how he wants to like the adult in him says, you know, I got to mow the lawn, I got to do all this yeah. stuff. But you know, the, the younger, the Skyrim version of himself yeah. that was so excited for that game is like okay i want to buy the collector's edition i want to wear the watch well, and i, I feel have to yes, have that, that, that he
0: he decided he wanted the collector's edition he could not secure one
1: did that just make him want it more because that's how it works on i don't here.
0: know he he he's he's accepted it he's not like sad okay. or anything oh, but he was gonna good. he was gonna pay for it and he just it wasn't possible
1: yeah he said he got the controller i think in that podcast Yep, he though, got right? the controller did he get the headset at all
0: no, because he doesn't use headsets. So okay, lying. but okay. I, I could have seen myself though. I feel like you and me would have bought the headset just to make it match.
1: Yeah. Know? Well, I already have an X. What is it? Astro one for Xbox. Then I got that yeah. PS5 branded one. Yeah. So I'm I'm good on that at least. At least I think uh, Starfield I don't
0: the controller. At least Starfield's not like um here here's the the uh, human controller and here's like the the mutant controller and then josh is like i'm gonna play the mutant controller when i play as a mutant and i'm gonna play the human controller when i'm gonna play as human and then you <laughs> never you never meet a c- single mutant in the whole game
1: brian's referencing for halo 5 when i got both the lock and chief controllers and i told everyone that i was going to use those specifically when i was having those characters for those respective characters for their missions i barely used the chief one obviously
0: yeah yeah, it's like the lock controller looks a- like it's beaten and battered, and the 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 Master Chief controller is like shining like gold, like it's never been touched. <laughs> yeah,
1: it was yeah. like I could have sold that one in mint condition, whereas the uh, yeah. lock one would be like worn. Yeah,
0: thumbstick, <laughs> thumbstick sticks, you know.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, oh, exactly. Man. Oh,
0: man. Um, okay, Josh. So, uh, well, guys, here's here's kind of what we're gonna do for this episode. So, it's gonna be pretty focused, but also a little over the place, in kind of the fun and kind of a fun way. So, we're gonna go roughly two hours. We're first going to hit on some of the latest news topics that are really relevant right now that we kind of thought would be fun to talk about. Then we're going to go into the bulk of the episode, which is going to be Starfield slash Baldur's Gate 3 Hype. And then we're going to conclude the episode with voice clips that you guys sent in and respond to those. And then we'll get out of here. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, this Josh, is what's exciting. the first news topic you want to pass over to me?
1: So uh, the first one I wanted to talk about was this is coming from Nick Baker of the Xbox Era podcast episode. He recently said... A lot of this stuff is rumors, by the way, guys. But yeah, just fun to talk about. He said, Gears 6 is a little bit further along than some might think, and there is a strong possibility that it may be a fully open world game. How does that make you feel?
0: You know, I mean, my initial reaction is, uh, I'm done. I'm tired of uh, open world. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, I've seen it please me before when I wasn't sure that it would. I mean, I loved Halo Infinite, like... You know, I, I loved Halo Infinite's open world, and I'm not saying I want every Halo going forward to be open world, but maybe they could surprise me with Gears. I know we, me and Josh kind of agree. They, they tested the waters with like little open hubs in Gears 5, and yeah. eh, it wasn't really that beneficial. Like it, eh. it felt like mixing it up just to mix it up. Right. So I'm going to go with uh, no thank you on that, but I'll probably buy Gears 6 uh, day one because
1: <laughs> Gears They're 4 like, and Gears 5 were great games. I just picture them at like a dinner table in like coalition shoving across a plate that says gear six open world and you shove back another plate just with a letter on it that just says no thank you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but then, then they look back up and I've already eaten the plate of gear six. So yeah and you're like ratatouille. You're, you're
1: with, like having that ratatouille yeah. moment flashing oh, back. I to like hate gear that movie.
0: I hate <laughs> really? That movie so much. It's like my least favorite. Really? Why is that? Well first of all I think the premise is dumb of the freaking mouse controlling his hair as a chef. I think it's so asinine. <laughs> and then second of all, I hate mice. I hate oh, rodents. Damn. Uh, wow, I never knew that, dude. That scene with all the mice falling through the like ceiling attic gives yeah. me chills, man.
1: Ugh. Uh, I'd have to rewatch yeah, it, but I really, really liked it. Love the yeah, score, just, too. I
0: mean, a mouse control on a dude's hair. Come on.
1: It's just, <laughs> it's just so stupid. <laughs> that's so dumb. So, that's freaking hilarious, man. I Yeah. I can't believe yeah, we've yeah. never... We need a Disney episode someday. I'll be, I think the truth
0: <laughs> is though, once Gear 6 promotional stuff starts and announcement starts, I can see myself getting pretty excited because yeah. it's at the point now where it feels like we have not felt like much going on with gears in such a long time.
1: Right. You know, know, there's a part of me, I think when I was playing gears five, that was under this illusion that maybe they'll scale back. I don't know why I thought that maybe it's the high busters DLC, which was like the most linear gears has been, I'd say since like the first, like the trilogy. Uh, But uh, I don't know. I I don't really want it. But at the same time, they've, they've given us baby steps like gears four being more like a tried and true. And then five was the, like you said, the open hub stuff. And then, yeah, that one going fully open. I guess I wouldn't hate it, but they I don't, do I it don't prefer it. Way, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't prefer it. At the same time, I'd rather. I just like. That's what I like about Gears is just the linearity of it and just the progression you make. It doesn't feel that. You know what I think is
0: really interesting is like to get there. there was such a there was such a big narrative around how long the wait was between Halo Five and Halo Infinite. Right. But you don't see that. Really, don't see that conversation for Gears. And the thing is, it looks like Gears will be about the same distance of time. Uh, between from Gears or uh, from uh, Halo 5 to Infinite, be about- well, I heard
1: a rumor you'd probably know more than this, uh, since you're on the not Neo Gaff or etcetera. yeah, Neo Gaff's the old hat. Uh, yeah. but I remember hearing a while back that they were trying, they were going to maybe do a, a bunch of different Gears spinoff stuff, but then they retooled all that, condensed that, canceled that, whatever. I heard and, that, yeah, and then they're just yeah. going to focus singularly on uh, Gears 6, so maybe that's why yeah. it's taking It'll a while. It'll be
0: interesting to see what a, a Gears is that's not led by cliffy b or rod ferguson this will be the first part.
1: yeah Turt ferguson's gone man when he showed up at the at uh, the uh gamescom event promoting uh diablo floor like i know he's been there for a while at epic but like when i saw him there i'm like well last blizzard, time, la- you mean a yeah. blizzard yeah but I, but i'm like the last time i saw you was when they were promoting the multiplayer uh for gears 5 at that reveal well
0: the funny thing is and i remember he made a tweet about it like he was only away for, he was a, not a Microsoft employee for like a little over a year and then Activision Blizzard acquired and then like, "Oh, I guess I'm a Microsoft employee again." <laughs> Did he say that? He
1: actually said that? Yeah, he made it pretty funny. About it, That's yeah. very clever. Yeah. I like him even yeah. though I call him Turt Ferguson. It's
0: like Microsoft's like, "Oh, you won't stay with us? Well, we'll just buy every place you go." Uh, <laughs> buy him up. <laughs> just when I thought I was gone, they find a way to reel me back in. Like the the deal was going to be like 68 billion, but they're like, "Throw in Rod, we'll give you 69." Yeah, like we gotta have you gotta
1: have the turds in there. Can, can the I name of this, pod, this episode be
0: 69 for Rod? <laughs> Just kidding.
1: Just 69 kidding. for Turd would be even worse. <laughs> yeah.
0: 69 for Turd Rod,
1: yeah. Uh, next up, next up, uh, a remaster of the first The Darkness game may be in the works. Uh, this was a reply from the CEO of Night Dive Studio tweeting, someone tweeted at him. Saying, I have been having an urge to play The Darkness again, but I don't feel like booting up or turning on my PS3. Can somebody please remaster and port this to PC sometime? And that CEO said, it's on the list. All in caps.
0: Yeah, you know, to be honest, Josh, I've tried playing The Darkness several times. And it never really grabbed me. But the the thing is, at this point, anything Night Dive does, I'm going to be there probably day one or close to it so yeah if the darkness comes out um from night dive I'm, I'm definitely gonna pick it up I'm picking up uh dark forces later this year and I, I know Turok 3 ca- I can't that's wait gonna be that's awesome so much, and I know Turok 3 coming from them too but I never played Turok 1 and 2 so I might go back and get them but night dive's amazing
1: I'll be excited to see your thoughts on dark forces even if it doesn't end up being something you fancy that much just to see you play that and have that experience on like your belt it. it's yeah the Doom. yeah the way it looks yeah I think so too but yeah uh you know I'm indifferent with the darkness thing but it does remind me uh that when you were in that stage of physical collecting one of the last games i remember you hunting i think was the a sealed physical copy of darkness 2 i think cuz you had just gotten the first one maybe if that I think sounds right. I had right. the
0: second but i was trying to get the first.
1: Okay that might be right. Cuz the second you would like, remember came that out better to than no I would.
0: The second came out to no fanfare and they were just selling brand new copies yeah. that everywhere for like 10 bucks. <laughs>
1: yep. So yeah. yeah, no,
0: I'll, I'll be in for that
1: for sure. I'll be happy for the people that are excited for that. And there's a small chance I may play it uh, because just it doesn't
0: seem like a night dive game, though, to me. It doesn't seem like it's old enough or no. like classic enough. OK, so yeah, I don't,
1: I don't know. It has been a while. It's almost been what, 20 years? Probably was it 2006? Years.
0: Wasn't it 2006? Oh, it came 15 ish or? or more. Almost. Uh, yeah, I think it was 2006. Yeah,
1: yeah. that's what it was. It was 17 years. Holy shit. Uh, next up, Jeff Grubb from Game Mess Mornings reported. Well, I don't know if he reported, you know, Jeff Grubb. Dragon Age Dreadwolf was internally planned for a September 2023 release, but got pushed back to 2024. Currently, it's planned for summer 2024 at the earliest, but could be pushed back even further. This is what I heard kind of earlier in the year, and it might have been Jeff Grubb as well commenting on this. Uh, I'm not surprised by this at all, and uh, it's just pretty interesting because this game seems like it could be a make or break game for Bioware, I feel like. Just the absence they've had of games is almost starting to feel like a Bethesda absence that we had for a while up until Starfield yeah. coming. But unlike Bethesda, Bioware has been really in the shitter with their last several releases. And uh, the way this game, you know, it, it reports are saying it started out as a multiplayer game in some ways, like a live service, and then got condensed down. Man, I I, I don't know how to feel about this. Like right now, I'm kind of I'm optimistic you know like i'd have no reason not to be and what little like gameplay leak they showed seemed okay enough to me like i didn't hate it or anything but i don't necessarily feel confident about this game at the same time right now
0: yeah i think dragon age is a kind of a cursed series because it just it's never been consistent at any point you had a strong start with dragon age origins and then dragon age 2 was like this expansion that was forced into a whole game looked and played way different and then you get to dragon age inquisition which was like this quasi combination of the two that pleased some but didn't please a lot and then now you're getting Dreadwolf, which seems like it's going to be different again um it's starting to feel like dragon age just kind of feels like an anthology series except they all do connect which so it's like because it feels like if you, you you play one it's nothing like the other one so but i think that's an accurate statement yeah, so I, I I don't have very high hopes for this. Also, like BioWare hasn't had a high track record late recently, so I want to I want it to do good. I, I want to pick it up because I like Dragon Age. Um, I don't know. I feel like at best it's going to be in like the 80s. Like I just don't see a 90 to 100 score. Mm-hmm. I see like, a, oh yeah, it's good in the 80s. And then maybe like 70-something, it's like another Andromeda
1: type. If this doesn't thing. do super well... What do you think that paints a picture of for something like Mass Effect or even Bioware's future? Do you think there's a chance that this and Mass Effect could tank them potentially if those games don't do super well?
0: Yeah, I think uh, Yeah, I think if, even if this tanks, they'll still get to go ahead on Mass Effect one more time. But if they screw that up, Bioware's done.
1: Yeah, that's a scary, scary future to think about for them.
0: Man. Yeah, but I also don't know. I mean, maybe you know better than I do, but I don't know how many people are at that studio anymore that even represent the classic Kotor. I don't Me know 1. if anyone
1: is. Casey went and came back. I remember for a while, and then Casey was gone. Yeah, so he if was it's the one not really the s- most.
0: If it's not really the same team, and the new team hasn't put out any games that were bangers, then I mean, I'll the be Bioware now said. doesn't
1: necessarily represent the Bioware yeah. old. They just have that attachment, right? The association. I think
0: if I think if Bioware had released Baldur's Gate three people would have been like, oh, yeah, this is good Bioware. Like, they would have just put it
1: back, yeah.
0: But yeah, it's Slarian, sure. yeah. you know? Yep.
1: So. <clears throat> yeah, well said. I don't know. Uh, I miss Dragon Age, but at the same time, I feel like I've, every Dragon Age I've gotten excited for doesn't deliver for me personally because yeah. I want a Dragon Age Origins 2, essentially, and none of the other yeah. games have been like that. Even though Inquisition came kind of close, I recognize that.
0: it kind of It's crazy, too, because I feel like there's a lot of overlap between like what Dragon Age Origins was and what Baldur's Gate 3 is.
1: It's funny you say that, because I remember the IGN review for Baldur's Gate 3 saying that he hasn't felt... He's been waiting for this, like a game to scratch that itch of crunchy yeah. tactical stuff since 2009's Origins. Origins was it like the best.
0: It seems like it's the same as Origins, except you can't have your camera behind the character in combat. Right. I mean, because the yeah, combat like is similar in a sense, too, because it was it was kind of turn based like in the in Origins. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. So,
1: yeah, no, yeah. uh, absolutely. And plus, Wasn't
0: one of the big marketed features of Origins, the isometric view you could choose to take?
1: Yeah, I mean, it had a little much, bit of that yeah. like real time slash turn based type of stuff that KOTOR had, but in a different yeah. way, like a spiritual successor kind of way, you know. But I mean, Baldur's Gate straight up turn based with combat, but still you see. Like, one to the other. You know, I feel like if someone's just playing Origins and they're like, what else should I play? Baldur's Gate 3. Yep. You know, next up, uh, Jess Corden is saying he has heard some rumors recently that Nintendo showed off the new Switch behind closed doors to select press at Gamescom. Full reveals slash leaks may be relatively imminent.
2: I'm
0: excited because I will pick up a Switch 2 day one. I will be there just like the Xbox, PlayStation. Um, and I... I think it's really interesting because the Switch came out and it kind of blew everyone away. Everyone wanted a Switch. And Nintendo rode that success for so long because they were afraid of another Wii U issue. Like, they just wanted to ride the success of Switch. And they've rode the (coughs) success for so long that you started to see other people creep into the market. Uh, Valve released the Steam Deck, which is like a more powerful Switch. You had uh, ROG release the Ally uh, earlier this year which is like the Switch. And then they just announced Lenovo uh, is releasing their own version. Oh, wow. A portable PC. So the market for portable gaming has increased a lot since the Switch came out. It, it pretty much had no competition because the Vita was dead, and there was no portable PCs. But now you have Lenovo, Valve, and and uh, um, the ROG Ally, and I'm like, it's going to be interesting to see what the Switch 2 does because what I want the Switch 2 to do is say, hey, we created this idea. We do it the best. This is where people are going to want to play and come out the door and get all of the support and all of the love. Um, But if Nintendo decides to be really Nintendo about it and do something really dumb, like nothing from the first Switch is backwards compatible or none of your digital purchases transfer or they implement some really weird control scheme like they usually do, like, oh, the Switch 2 is completely touch there's no controller at all. There's no yeah, analog. It's just something insane like that. Then I'll be like, "Well, you just you Miss know, me with what that." What you need to do, come out with a what it's reported as is as a is a portable console that's iterative of the Switch that has the graphical capability of a PlayStation Four. That's what they need to do. Make it look like a Switch but fancier with the PS Four capabilities and people will buy it up and it has to be backwards compatible it has to be
1: absolutely that uh i can't remember where i read it but it was like an official nintendo thing that they had i think it was like a thing they sent out to people like a QA thing i can't i can't remember now but but it made it sound like they were almost hinting at like the future being like a sort of forwards compatible backwards compatible that yeah. type of thing i really hope that ends up being the case cuz well the that's rumor the only i've going to make me buy into that right away at least
0: yeah the rumor i've heard is that it uses it still uses carts but it's using a different size card than the Switch, but the port that you put the card in will also accept Switch One okay. uh, games. That works. So. That works. But I mean, people—some people have digital. thousands of dollars in digital library on Switch. Right. So you can't ask them to haul around. A Switch. It would a
1: Switch feel two. weird, as much as I know, as much as I'm coming to learn that Nintendo isn't as much caring about a lot of that stuff. The the trends per se that that Sony and Microsoft have chased. I feel like the digital future that like that's that's a big part of. The ecosystem yeah. of any console in the future so why would you not it it'd feel like a mistake if you're gonna have a new console to not at least partake in that in some way or it'd another be hard
0: to trust them to with purchases because right. like, like i said if, if they don't transfer over then you're gonna have to ask people to bring their switch one and switch two with them right places to play both games that
1: kind of defeats so the purpose them. doesn't it yeah yeah just have a minimalist you just got a little handheld you bring out yeah why is
0: it and plus they, they were they used to be like revolutionary for their backwards compatibility you could you could play uh, Game Boy games on your Super Nintendo you could play uh, Game Boy Advance games on your GameCube. you could play uh, GameCube games on your Wii you could play Wii games on your Wii U you could play DS games on your DS so uh, where did EDS.
1: it where did it start stop I should say
0: well I mean I guess with this I mean I guess the switch oh yeah pretty so right much up because, until that point then interesting yeah because the the Wii U had a digital the Wii and the Wii U had digital libraries and okay. the, you could transfer your Wii digital library to the Wii U. But then when the Switch came out, you couldn't transfer anything from the Wii U to the Switch. Huh. Just a whole new account. They got a whole new account system. Like the whole Switch Online they have now is a whole new thing. So everything from Wii U and all that, just gone. You have to rebuy the stuff.
1: Okay, so, interesting.
0: Yeah. Hmm.
1: So. <clears throat> last up on the news, rumors fronts. Uh, Microsoft has apparently eliminated the $1 Xbox Game Pass trial once again just before the release of Starfield. I saved this one for last because I figured this will probably take us into the <clears throat> main topic interesting timing
0: well yeah that, it seems like it seems like such a blatantly like scummy move, right <coughs> like your like your buddy it's almost like your buddy who's like uh you know you, you go get like mcdonald's and uh he's like all right, let me let me get uh let me get it you, you can get the next meal so he buys the mcdonald's and then he go out to texas roadhouse he's like all right it's your turn it's like, yeah, <laughs> it costs way more. Yeah. You know, it's that's kind of what Microsoft's like. Oh, come, come over to us. We got this great, you know, get the trial. And it looks at you check and says out, get wings too. check out game pass. And it's like, oh, we don't have any games. It's like, uh, OK, oh, you got games now. They're like, ah, we took the pass away. Got yeah. you, bitch. You know,
1: it's pretty interesting. I, I don't know. I feel two different ways about it. One, it's like Microsoft's been the good guy for a while that seemed really consumer friendly yeah. with a lot of that stuff. And now they're taking it away at a time when the game, their biggest game. Really, I'd say even over Halo Infinite. We'll get into that, but I, I think just in terms of what this can do for the future for them is coming, uh, that seems kind of a, a bummer. Like Not not shady, just like, oh, man, of course you guys would do that now. But yeah. on the other hand, there's another part of me that says, you know what? They've given us those deals for so long, like a dollar for a month, and it was a dollar down to 14 days. Um, and now they're taking it away. I mean, look, I still think it's an incredibly good deal. If you pay 15 bucks, whatever the price is now, for one month and you can play that game day one when it releases i mean yeah you don't get into early access but you could still through that just pay and if you don't want to pay a hundred dollars for the whole big edition (coughs) excuse me uh you could just get the 15 dollar game pass pay an extra i think 30 bucks for the digital deluxe upgrade or whatever bam you get the early access you get it through game pass and everything and then you get access to all these other games it's still a great deal so I kind of lean I think more on the side of like Microsoft not, probably needs this. It's okay. it's, it's not, not that worth big complaining big
0: about I no. mean they offered they offered free trials like that's that's not something that you should expect or are are entitled to-
1: what I think yeah. will will cause pause for concern though is if you know, say this time of year from now, if we have another like big one after we've gotten like starfield and avowed and uh, or I'm not not about uh like the new Forza and yeah hellblade and all that if they start to eventually say like like within a year they're like oh yeah we're gonna up this another like ten dollars the cost for the subscription that's when it feels like okay guys like this was consumer friendly now this is starting to seem like you're moving the the for every major
0: triple a release it goes up money yeah five years from now (coughs) game Pass is thirty dollars a month more than it is now
1: yeah that would seem a little bogus but right now i still think it's a great deal as is And I don't blame them. I don't blame them. I'm happy. I mean, this is going to take us into the the, the main topic, but I'm just boy, I don't have my voice with me today. But I'm just so excited. The fact that it's here finally, what's this going to mean for Xbox? What's this going to do for Xbox? I mean, you look back at Halo Infinite and I think for both of us, that felt like the biggest game that uh, we had had since probably Halo 5, at least for both of us. And even then, this one in some ways felt way more confident than Halo Five ended up seeming. So yeah. for Infinite, it was really cool, but it was also like, okay, we're still in an era of the burgers, fries, and shakes combo of just them relying on the the the, the stuff that's gotten them by in the last gen. But Starfield kind of feels like it's heralding this like new era of not having this stuff. Like when you look back at the the. Uh, press conference they did in June. uh, We didn't really get any news on Halo. Didn't get anything on Gears. We just got a little bit of Forza. So this is like a whole new era and stuff. And uh, so with that game pass, even I'm just I'm psyched for them. I don't blame them for doing stuff like that because it's like it feels like wild, uncharted territory right now.
0: Well, Starfield feels like the perfect poster child for the next new big xbox ip right because yeah. i know that this was simply another bethesda game that was going to be third party that microsoft now acquired right but think about it a space shooter giant giant space shooter RPG, space pooter space pooter a giant space shooter rpg for your xbox like that that is like a headlining like exclusive ip right. that fits man like that's the kind of stuff you expected to get from an xbox console um so i think uh i think this is going to be pretty pretty big for them um But uh, what was I going to say? Something you you made me think of while you were talking. Starfield. I said Halo,
1: Infinite. I don't know.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Halo Infinite. So, like, Halo Infinite, even if Halo Infinite had a launch perfectly, Mm -hmm. it wasn't going to be as big as Starfield. Halo is old hat now. It's, It's like all, like Josh said, it's burgers, fries, and shake. Like, it's all you expect out of Xbox. And if you don't like Halo or you're sick of Halo, then, you know, it was like... Halo Infinite does nothing for you to get you on the Xbox platform, so yeah, of course it would have been better if they hadn't botched the launch and everything like that. But even if they hadn't, this is the biggest game, and I know this is where some people will be like, "No, no, you're wrong." I think this might be the biggest game ever for Microsoft, like the biggest exclusive for Xbox. Period, bigger than Halo. And people will go, "Whoa, you're what? You're an idiot." You're out right, of what, pocket, like, Brian. Explain. But this is this is what I'm saying. I said this to Josh, and I'm pretty sure you said you agree with me. I is, do. I do. Um, on the Xbox Original, they the their entire strategy with the Xbox Original was not to win uh the, the generation, was not even to come close to their competition because they knew that they were entering a market that they were so late to and they were so far behind on. They didn't have the IP, they didn't have the the name. I mean obviously they have Microsoft, but The name was actually hurting them back then, because people were like, I don't want to buy a PC, I want to buy a game console. It's like, yo, it is a game console. Um, So they they went into the Xbox original market knowing that they were going to lose. So, yeah, Halo Combat Evolved being a banger, and then a follow-up Halo 2 being a banger, that absolutely helped Xbox in major ways. But Microsoft was going to make a 360, even if Halo wasn't a good game, because the whole goal of the of the Xbox was to get into the ecosystem mm-hmm. get into the market and they were going to do a follow up with the 360 regardless of how how halo did so and then like people bought the 360 without halo 3 people bought it for it being an HD console for having the you know the cool online for right. having Gears of War for having Oblivion stuff like that so but the thing with Starfield is if Starfield came out and it was literally a bad game like Redfall or worse it would it would like i'm not saying it would spell the end of xbox but it would man there would just be we're, this is like the last leg 10 times over waiting for starfield to be the game to deliver for people so if this doesn't do it it's going to be like people are just going to lose all i mean people almost lost all faith already prior to E3 this year right and if if starfield impacted we the up game for years <laughs> yeah you we were
1: pretty much there after redfall
0: yeah like if this yeah. fails like i mean it's catastrophic like it's worse Like, Halo doesn't... Halo and Gears don't really matter like they used to anymore. They definitely matter. But, like, this game delivering is going to be huge. But this game, like, failing to deliver... Like, I just don't think that's going to happen. But if this game got, like, a 70, a 65, a 59, like, a shit game... I mean, Microsoft might... That just might be, like, where they start to just really change tune on, like, if they want to be in the market at all. Because they just continue to not deliver. And right. these are these are also Starfield was like a big uh like that was like a big egg, like a big nuggety center of the purchase of Bethesda, like we get Starfield and that's right. gonna be huge for us. If they do this they had the seven billion dollar purchase for, for Bethesda and they get to their their prime item on the menu, which is Starfield, and it it sucks, I you know, then you're going to start wondering. Well, was that worth the investment? I agree. Um, but I don't think it's going to. Ha- this game is going to be a banger. I think.
1: I think it's going to be interesting because as of this episode going up, the review embargo is going to lift tomorrow morning. I think so. We're going to get a pretty clear picture of where this game's setting for people, and the buzz behind the scenes for a lot of people playing it have been exceptionally good. So I'm excited for seeing how that goes, and in terms of spoiler detail, more a little bit with the scores and whatnot, but. It does pray to paint a pretty interesting picture to me, too. I mean, because I look back at Halo Infinite and it's not to knock it. It's just that's something that's tried and true. It's familiar for Xbox consumers and it's carrying us over right now. It seems like it's gotten to a really good place, which is awesome to see. I think they just released another uh, limited time event, which is cool. Uh, so I might even play that to carry me over until Friday. But case in point. Starfield's is the first in this new era. I know Redfield kind of came out, but that just didn't really do well. Red Redfall, Redfall. What I say, Redfield,
2: <laughs> Redfield, and, and
1: Star Starfall. Oh my gosh, that's great. But yeah, Red Redfall came out, Well, oh, I really wanted to say Redfield when Redfall came out. That really didn't do well. That tanked for them in a lot of ways. And I just remember at that time, a couple months ago, a lot of us, maybe not not everybody in the community for sure, looking at Diente and Wesley, but most people were kind of like, this either doesn't surprise me or I'm I'm reaching my wits end with with having faith in Xbox. You know, we're still in that game. The games are coming now. It feels like the games are finally here. You know, we get Starfield. You know, we we they released. What was that? It's uh, kind of that indie game. Hi-Fi Rush. Hi-Fi Rush. Yeah. And yeah. so I mean, they're hitting, you know, we got Forza still coming. So even though those aren't games that Brian and I are particularly interested in, there's they're starting to get a lot of momentum and it feels like they're at the point where we can look forward to things. Isn't I'm excited.
0: Interesting to, but, go ahead, Josh. Well, ahead. I was just gonna
1: say, I'm just, I'm excited for that simply because like, if this lands, well, even though this was something that was like Microsoft kind of bought into, you, you know, they did have oversight on from what I understand, mm-hmm. but they still bought into like, it just gives us potential. And uh, gives me a lot of optimism for the future. Cause when I look at things like Avowed and Hellblade and some of these other games that are off in the future, like the, That what was it that steampunk game i forget the name of it but um Uh, clockwork Clockwork revolution yeah thank you yeah like those games to me like look like they're gonna shape up to be really awesome games i'm looking forward to seeing more of them but the excitement i'll have for them will oddly enough be intensified seeing the success of starfield because i i just feel like I'm gonna have more confidence in Xbox. I've want, I've been holding out belief in them for a long time, and it was really faltering along ro- uh, Redfall. But if this can land well, I'm just gonna be excited blindly about whatever they have coming in the future. And I think most people will. And I and I look at my friend like Jeff, who bought a Series S just to get it. People didn't do that for Halo. And I, again, I'm not. I, I, we're not trying to use Halo Infinite as like a redheaded stepchild in this episode. But I, I would love it. But it's just. You look at Halo, which is not... Halo Infinite wasn't, like, the first... It wasn't a new IP, right? Yeah. This is the first new IP we've had in a long time that has, like, people buying into the whole ecosystem entirely. When's the last time we really had that? It feels like Halo Combat of all to me. You know, maybe yeah, Gears of well, War... Yeah, well, Halo 3. Halo 3, I mean... Okay, that's a fair point, fair yeah, point. Halo, but still, I'd like, in terms 3, of a new IP, like, it's been a long time. New IP, yeah.
0: Gears of War stuff. It's been a long I time. I mean, I think... I don't want to belabor the point of Halo and Dragon to the ground, but, like, the... Part of the one one of the many reasons that the Halo fan base is such a a problem for that franchise is, like I said, one of several reasons is that so much of the core Halo fan base still living in days of old, still living in nostalgia. Of course, we do that like intentionally when we dive into like, oh, remember the lands, remember Halo Three launch. But like, some people are living in that and they don't realize that we left it a long time ago. Halo Infinite was never going to be the cultural event or the talking point. That Halo 3 was, or Halo 2 or Halo 1. It was never going to be. Outside that. of the bubble
1: matter. of Halo fans. Yeah, outside the bubble. Like, of course, right. yeah.
0: Halo, Infinite, Halo Infinite's a console seller, but it's not It's not as big of a console seller as Halo 3 was, and it's not as big of a talking point in the industry. It's just another Halo. Well, you look at. Too, even like, if it. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. go ahead. I'm interrupting oh, you. Oh, I'm sorry, man.
1: I was just going to say, you look at when Halo Infinite came out, didn't even receive a proper collector's edition. Like Walmart kind of did their yeah. own. But yeah. look, at, look at what Bethesda's getting with uh, Starfield. Yeah. Whole different.
2: Yeah,
0: it's just another Halo game, you know. Yeah. And like, as much as I love Halo Infinite, as much as you love Halo Infinite, and honestly, because I'm such a big Halo fan, I'll probably still like Halo Infinite more than Starfield, with even though Starfield's probably gonna be a much better game. Um, it's just, it's just another Halo game. And even if it had it came out with a smooth launch and everything that people wanted, it wasn't gonna have the impact Starfield does. And Microsoft has not had anything to give that kind of impact um, really since. Halo 3 Gears of War one time, which we're talking about, like, 15, 16 years ago. Um, which <laughs> that's is crazy. Which is, that's sad. Which is so crazy. And that, and that's the thing is, like, you know, the years leading up to now, Sony's been like, here's a Spider-Man, another Spider-Man, a Demon Souls remake, Hor- uh, uh, Horizon Forbidden West. New Last um, of Us. God of War, Last of Us Part Two, like, Ghost of Tsushima. It's like, holy hot damn, I cannot keep up with it. And then Microsoft is like, another Halo, uh, another Forza. Redfall, um, yeah. Start some. We got Starfield coming, guys. It's like, oh, you gotta be it's like, oh, like, I just played Ragnarok, like five, six months before Redfall came out. You know? Do you it's think like quality disparity? You know, do you
1: think right. that the 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 momentum is maybe shifting a little bit, like changing? You know, because I like well, I don't know what to think about. You know, the the reception after you know the the Summer Games Fest and the Sony Showcase and everything, and it was like people were like, what the hell is this Sony? All these games as a service type stuff. Yeah, and. I thought, you know, and I could be wrong, but I was like, well, I think that's just like they're still going to keep doing what they're doing with their AAA exclusives, but that they're just getting game, They're Mm -hmm. adapting games as a service into their ecosystem that they haven't really done before. Uh, But I could be wrong. But then you look at Xbox and Xbox is like, well, we kind of been doing that for a while. What we haven't had is those AAA exclusives. Now we're starting to maybe get those with uh, Starfield. I mean, do you think that's a scenario that's happening that we're in right now? Or is it like, nah, it's a little more. Well, this will make
2: me
0: sound like a, this will make me sound like a Sony fanboy, but I, I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm right about it. I think what the the, the truth is. I like here, the
1: smile you have, the shitty yeah, grin behind that. The,
0: well, the, the truth is here is like Sony doesn't have a very impressive lineup on the horizon. We don't know of anything other than Spider right? Man, right? Spider Man Two, baby. Like, Looking that's, forward to that's that though. What, that's pretty much all we have. So like the lineup and the excitement and anticipation for Sony isn't there. Like I'll give mm-hmm. people that. But when people try to spout doom and gloom about Sony, it's just ridiculous. Because it does feel too soon. It does Yeah, because Yeah, because they're having record sales of PlayStation 5 consoles. They just had Final Fantasy sixteen, which was a massive game. I'm not saying Starfield level, but a massive game that was exclusive to their platform. It wasn't a first-party exclusive, but it was a second-party exclusive, and to the vast majority of people, it's the same damn thing. Uh, and, then, and then you have Spider-Man coming. So, like, you had a huge game a few months ago, right. and you have a huge game coming. So... Really, there's not much reason to start dooming and glooming Sony until maybe if we get into the new year and there's nothing on the horizon at all. Or maybe the Sony consoles, like, their console sales start to go down. But we haven't seen any of that. Like, they're just sitting back casually like, yeah, all we got is Spider-Man, but our consoles are selling off the, off the shelf. So, you know, I do see people's trepidation about Sony, but it's too early for the doom and gloom. I think you're right. Um, I will say Microsoft, like, there's a lot more to be excited about with microsoft right now but a lot of that too has to do with them being an underdog like sony's kind of already on top so it's easy for them just to kind of ride steady yeah but xbox right. can like shoot into the stars and then the other thing i think is really like cool and i don't think people are giving microsoft credit for this is what is the thing phil spencer's been saying it's like he wants to get into this cadence of four big games a year like one a quarter yeah and they technically pulled it off this year uh they did hi-fi rush which was a I know it was like a smaller game, but it was a very polished game by Tango that did really well. Mm-hmm. That was first quarter, second quarter they did Redfall. Doesn't matter how bad Redfall is was or you think what you think about it, it was a AAA exclusive game. So they so they delivered. That's two. We're about to get Starfield. That's three. Then you get Forza. That's four. Yeah, they delivered their four up. major AAA games it, in a year.
1: And they did that, if I'm not mistaken, around 2021, I think. And but it was last year that we didn't get anything.
0: Uh, tw- twenty one. They had. I know they had Halo Infinite. They had a Forza game, and they had Psychonauts. I'm probably forget if there yeah, was. Yeah, Forza-
1: there was probably one more we're forgetting. But yeah, yeah, yeah right three right there at least. So they yeah. almost So hit kind it, of at least if not.
0: They're kind of getting in that rhythm that they said, and like, I know some people will be like, "Oh, well, Redfall sucked," or "Well, Hi-Fi Rush was not big enough." And I'm like, I don't know. That kind of feels not fair because you can't expect ev- all four games every year to be ninety plus on Metacritic, and also. I mean, like Hi-Fi Rush was just a great game, right? So it doesn't really matter.
1: Well, I think, yeah, the case in point, like we've spent like the last 10 years of seeing Microsoft build up like a lot of smaller type of games, get them on Game Pass, get a lot of developers on there. Getting to see those work in tandem with big AAA games, that just makes me excited, even Mm -hmm. if I'm not interested in them. I can be more happy for Hi-Fi Rush's success when I have games like Starfield to play on the side.
0: Technically, Hi-Fi Rush isn't even indie. Because it was a AAA studio True. made. To get, it's True. just a smaller but you know what project, I'm saying, though. So. It's
1: just like yeah. all these ones where it feels yeah. like for the longest time it was like, well, Mike, where's the big AAA home run meatballs? You yeah. know, like now that we're gonna get those, then I can appreciate those ones that are maybe seen on a lesser level to some people. See,
0: and I think, yeah, I think if you get like, let's say next year, let's say we got the four, the same type thing again. We got a smaller game like Hi-Fi Rush that was good. Mm-hmm. Okay. If we can get a Redfall size game that's just a little bit better quality, no, I'm not trying to be funny or coy. Like, just a little, it doesn't even have to be like a 90 Metacritic. Like, if you can give us something like Redfall next year, maybe like a Vowed is that? Like, a yeah. Vowed's like an 88 sure. Metacritic game.
1: I'm gonna say. You 80. can give
0: us like a like a little. You can give us something like a little game, uh-huh. a little game. You can give us like an Avowed. and you can give us another banger Starfield size thing like a I don't know Hellblade, and then you give us something again like another Forza or another flight simulator. Mm-hmm. I know some people out there going, I don't care about the little game, or I don't care about the flight simulator, or, I don't care about the Forza. I'm just saying it doesn't really matter whether you care about it or not. That does fulfill their kind of... Right, and that's order. the
1: thing, is like I, yeah. I respect them about, is that they had the vision of the future where they pretty much, or it felt like Xbox was supposed to be a place where anybody who was interested in gaming period would fi- be able to find something, something tailored to their them. interests. Yeah. And when you look at something like Microsoft Flight Simulator, and then something like... Uh, Starfield, or Gears, or a Halo, yeah. or a Hellblade, or Avowed, or Fable, and all that, you know. And then you got all these other games, you know, like your Forza's and stuff too. I mean, it feels like there's a lot of variety in there, and especially with Game Pass that for the longest time for people just felt littered with either indie games or yeah. s- like non AAA games. You know, some AA stuff in there. Uh, I think that stuff's going to be all the more appreciated. And uh, like when let's let's say let's say someone in high school, uh, in like five years, someone who's getting into high school is playing xbox that's their primary console of choice i can see a whole big conversation taking place where they're having a fanboy debate with someone uh and and defending xbox and saying well look it's got not just these smaller not just these big triple a games but it's got all these other little games too to try out on game pass that's when the payoff i feel like of the last like 10 years is going to be really cool and that's what i like the optimism i have for starfield but if we could talk about the game itself a little bit like man i can't believe it's finally here i can't believe we're at this point. I, I, I've talked before about how sometimes I just don't consciously know how to like get excited for a game when it's almost here. I almost get like pre-release anxiety because I've spent so long conditioned of uh, being a, being anticipating, you know, anticipating a yeah. title that when it's almost here, I'm like, holy shit, I'm about to actually play it. What? Like that's a reality. I always thought that was just something that would yeah. forever be in the the distance. You know, like an indefinite experience. But uh, where's your hype level right now?
0: Well, well, I'm gonna touch on one thing real quick that you said before. Before I go into go ahead, Starfield, go but like it's just real quick. I was gonna say that, um, you know, I think if we're all honest with ourselves, we just like to have bragging rights for stuff too. So, like, for like for, for instance, like if we get like you know we got Hi-Fi Rush, Redfall, Starfield, Forza, and then next year we get some little game we don't know about, Avowed, Hellblade Two, and a Forza Horizon. Like I'm not gonna play Forza because it's just not for me, mm-hmm. and there's a decent chance I won't play that little game because usually those just aren't for me either, or I just don't feel like playing them. But I'm still gonna use them for bragging rights. You sure. know what I mean? Like sure. just like on PlayStation, I'm, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna say they got Gran Turismo on PlayStation. I'm gonna say that they have uh, Ratchet and Clank, uh, even though I don't play those games. You mm-hmm. know? Because it, to me, it's bragging rights. It's like look at these high quality experiences that plenty of people do love that we have on our console. So I don't really think it always matters so much if you care about all four games that come out exclusive for the console, as much as it's worth having the bragging rights for, right? Like, it'll be cool if this year. No one's probably going to use Redfall as a bragging right. Once again, not trying to dog Redfall, but like, <laughs> at the end of this year there is a good chance people are going to be like, we got Hi-Fi Rush, Starfield, and, and Forza, you know, and that's going to be like, you know, awesome. Like, that's something sure. cool we have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, Sony is going to be like, we got Final Fantasy 16 and Spider-Man. But going over to Starfield, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's really going to my guess is it's gonna blow me away, and not for the same reasons. It's blow
3: me away. away.
0: Like I think, I think it's gonna blow people away for how good of a game it is, and I'll, I'll have that too. But like, I think what's how it's gonna blow me away specifically is that I'm just not put much thought into it, and like I, I feel like people will read my tone like this is very re. I'm like reiterating a lot of what we said on the Starfield stressing episode, but like I feel like people will read my tone as like negative or pessimistic, but that is not at all what I mean. Like I literally just mean. And it's not like I'm so important, I'm so special, but I've just been so had my head other places mm-hmm. that I just haven't like it's typically, like even for Halo Infinite, guys. Like, I mean, you guys can listen to the podcast from back then and know like I was riding the hype wave, right? Like me and Josh got Josh has his body odor, um, uh, Master body Chief odor. stuff, <laughs> his Master Chief, his my, Master Chief body odor scent thing,
1: soap or whatever, Doctor Scrub, and like b- uh, body wash, yeah, yeah, not body, and I had.
0: It had like a you know like we had like um, a statue and like a <laughs> book and a cup and yeah, yeah. you know oh what's our snacks gonna be like and we were doing podcast episodes and like we took vacations. all this hype yeah took vacations for Starfield I'm not doing any of that and that's not because I'm necessarily less excited it's just because I'm just a different place than I was when Halo Infinite came out you know I we I got a got a kid and just it's first day
1: tomorrow correct.
0: Uh Friday. Friday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Friday. Okay. Gotcha. So more things are going on. I didn't request any time off for Starfield. My daughter's birthday is the day it comes out pretty much. Um, so my mind just hasn't been there. So I think it's gonna blow me away because I'm gonna I'm gonna start playing it and it's gonna be this realization like, Oh, oh, wait a minute. I I a generational game just released. Like I know we talked about it, yeah. but Absolutely. I didn't put enough did. thought into it. Absolutely. And I'll be playing and I'll be like, Holy shit, I'm playing I'm playing I just got the next Skyrim. I got Skyrim in space. You know, I'm like, I can't believe this is happening right now. But I mean, I think like
1: that's when my experience this hype- year exactly.
0: Yeah, I feel I like especially
1: game- with Hogwarts and uh, Jedi Survivor, I did not yeah. really look at anything for those games. So when they came out, I just had them pre-ordered and I, I booted yeah. them up and played them, and I was like, holy shit, this feels awesome. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's what happened with me for Final Fantasy 16. Like, I didn't yeah. really hype it up at all, and I was like, oh my gosh, I love this so much. But uh, no, I'd say my like inward hype for Starfield's like a nine. I'm like. This is the game I care about this year a lot. Like mm-hmm. I want to play it. My outward hype is very much like a six seven. I that's just, okay.
1: There's nothing wrong I with just that. Kinda, Not a bad yeah. thing. You got other things going yeah. on right now. And when that game, I think that's going to be cool. When you boot up the game yeah. when you start playing, you it's actually have time me. where you can go. Okay, I'm you know you, you tell the wife and everyone that you're just like okay I'm gonna yeah. go sit down. I'm gonna play this for like four hours, and it's gonna hit you and you're like holy shit this is awesome. And I'm playing this yeah. on my Xbox. Which I don't always boot up, but you've started to yeah. boot that up a lot recently with Quake Two yeah, and stuff. Well, Quake so that's Two, really and that's started cool.
0: playing Halo Infinite again, yeah. multiplayer, a Husky cool. raid. I've really been enjoying that. But um, have you yeah, been no, the squad I, I battle stuff? I have done that too. Yeah, I love oh,
1: the maps, dude. Great, oh my gosh, time. we haven't talked. I also about that. love it's
0: Infection. Cool. Um, I play they, squad battles really
1: exclusively it. now, just because it's so cool.
0: The maps. Like- it's been. It's really, and the funny thing is, like when I give you the context, it makes it seem like ridiculous, but like I've really. My Xbox has felt so cool mm-hmm. for the past month to me, but all it's been, it's only felt cool because I've been, I played a Quake 2 remaster, which is a 27-year-old game on my console, on my Xbox, and then I've been playing Halo Infinite's new maps and new, you know, playlists. Yeah, yeah. And then, I've been, and then, and then the, and the whole time while I've been playing Quake and Halo, in right. the back of my head's been Starfield's coming. Right, Starfield new Infinity. blood that's injecting the, into the that's system. That's the power that's what we of need the exclusive, back. right? Yeah, dude. That's the, like, and that's the thing is, too, like, once you get like a powerful exclusive on your system... You start to get hyped for games you're not even going to buy. That's it. what I'm like talking Star- about. Yeah, like if Starfield is so good, I'm going to be like. Holy shit man, Xbox has got Forza coming. I can't believe it. Be
1: <laughs> yes,
0: cool. But I'm not going to buy it. That's what I'm saying. I'm not going to buy it. It makes those you other know? games like
1: it intensifies the excitement for those even yeah. more. Even if you're not excited for them cuz it's like holy shit, we don't just have like those games, we have these games and then those yeah. in addition to these bigger ones. That's what cool. That's what that's a cool feeling as someone who has bought into the ecosystem for like the past 10 years and I I buy all of my third-party games through my Xbox, unless they release early, like Baldur's Gate Three is going to on PlayStation, uh, I I do that on my Xbox, and I buy you know obviously the Xbox exclusives that I'm interested in, I buy them on there. So knowing that this type of caliber of games are coming, I mean that just makes me so excited. And for Starfield, like this big sci-fi fantasy in space, joining Constellation, you know I want to know what's going on with the story. I've been as in the dark as possible too, kind of like you, Brian, and.
0: I bet I'm even more in the dark than you. I don't even know. I hardly even know what Constellation is. Apparently. I just know it's, it's like like an organization. organization. Yeah, <laughs>
1: that's, yeah. It. that's it. So it feels good, though. I mean, I I know that. Look, uh, we're going to get into Baldur's Gate 3 as well. But uh, to my understanding, this is releasing the first in early access for Starfield. And then Baldur's Gate is on the second, to my understanding now. And I'm assuming that on the first, all I'm going to be able to do because I'm working through the weekend just about every day Uh, I'm only going to have time to pretty much create my character on Starfield. Come around Saturday, I'm going to just have time to create my character on Baldur's Gate 3. However, I'm off on Sunday, so that's when I'm probably going to have to sort of shift back and forth between the two of them even though i really am more interested in Baldur's Gate three but i also know the moment i'm playing starfield that i'm gonna be like holy shit i'm in a sensory overload moment yeah, everyone online is gonna be like
0: I'll, look what i just did And you're gonna be like i gotta work
1: yeah well i and i think i've already accepted that too and that's what's kind of yeah. leveled me out like i am extremely excited right now i'm, I'm sure that's showing but at the same time I'm, I'm i'm not feeling a sense of fomo like i know like you know our buddy dante's got a week off i think yeah obviously younger people in the community are gonna have more time to play I'm happy for them. I'm excited for my friends who have anticipated this. I think it was Albino or somebody in there was saying like it's getting to the point of like having trouble sleeping now. You know, that yeah. level of excitement. It's just really cool to see. I'm happy. This is the first time I've 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 felt since Halo Infinite in 2 years that uh people are this excited around something Xbox-wise that's like an Xbox exclusive. That's so cool to me to see that and considering that we kind of cultivated more Xbox people over time just because we initially were a Halo podcast. I mean it's cool yeah. to see that excitement in there. But yeah, I can't wait to make my character in and and see what's gonna go on. You know, my favorite thing about Bethesda games is that and it, most of you guys will know what I'm talking about is you hop on. You know you got some time to play. So you hop on that day with the plans of something like, okay, I'm gonna go do this quest. I can't I've been waiting you know that's where I left off. I'm gonna go do this quest. And suddenly you someone's off to your left side talking about something or your ship, you know, something happens and suddenly, you know, almost like shit written down on paper. You just rip the paper in half. You're like, well, there goes all the plans I had out the window. My whole session becomes something different entirely. And four hours later, you're like, holy crap, I still haven't even done the thing I hopped on to do, you know, because that's the beauty of. Uh, Bethesda games is that I uh, getting sidetracked and I, I think I'm looking forward to that while still having a sense of purpose when I play these games usually I, I prioritize the story last like I'll play it up to the point until I'm able to go and really free roam and do stuff then that's when I start to dick around with like side quests walking around uh, just the exploration in general but uh, I, with this one i would like to focus a little bit more on the story just to try that rather than save yeah. it for the back end of my stories uh or for the game and uh then maybe start to fill filter it out with some extra stuff because like for example guys when i played fallout 4 all this stuff with your son that was grown up in the institute i think it was yeah um i saved a lot of that for the very end because i just it felt like for me my ocd brain that like This feels like the most important thing, and I just can't wrap my brain around having my character still continue on. It wasn't that interesting. (laughs) Well, once that was pretty much all done and I wrapped up the main story, I stripped off. I said this before many times, but I stripped off all my characters, like excess shit I was carrying, had them in some like 100 percent cotton white T-shirts some slacks. I had a pistol and I just went out like a vengeful dude and uh, was just killing people until uh, my character died. And once he died, that was sort of my character's death in the world of the commonwealth you know so it was like my finality but i had the that was coming off of finishing off the main story his wife was dead his son was i i left the institute to blow up so i was like bye you know but uh yeah i with starfield i I mean i don't know the beauty is of these types of games is that you can never really stick to how you're gonna play how you plan to play it but that's how i'd like to play it but i'm just i'm excited for the opportunity to have that openness again and another thing too uh is just it's a bethesda game it's just really cool uh, you know i haven't felt this since fallout 4 that's 2015 that was
0: literally eight years ago see this this is this is what's gonna got the best shot at just making me lose it with excitement is i don't know how I, th- I feel like there's probably a decent amount of people out there who feel the same way i do i don't know if you do josh but i had such a very special specific feeling For Oblivion, Fallout 3, and Skyrim. Like, when I played those games, it was this very special Bethesda charm and feel. Yeah. And I know Skyrim, we've talked about, has a little less of that charm than, like, Oblivion and Fallout 3 do. Because it's got, like, a little newer engine, and it's a little more serious. But Skyrim and Fallout 3 and Oblivion gave me this really unique vibe that just made me fall in love with Bethesda's games. Well, and I didn't, that, I, I didn't get that. I didn't get that Fallout Four at all. And I, I love to be a positive guy who like sings the praises of games that are hated. I think Fallout Four is a great game, a great like a very good game. But Fallout Four just did not give me those Bethesda vibes. Like it's made by Bethesda. Even though like, I, I, that, I didn't
1: get it. Even yeah. though that's my favorite Fallout, I still agree with you. You felt so, like, like you had I a can play. Era.
0: Think if we get in Starfield and it just naturally feels like like you get and not to just directly quote the E3 trailer or gameplay but like what if you're playing Starfield and you just you feel Tamriel you feel the adoring fan you feel the dark brotherhood like you just right. you start to feel the 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 guy who runs up to you the imperial guard stop you violated the law like right. i'm not saying the exact same things happen but if the way that Starfield is designed like feels like it's bones and it's DNA are so deeply based in that, like oblivion Skyrim era. Yeah. That's, what's going to blow me away. Like I'm just going to be shocked. You see
1: what Phil Spencer said at Gamescom? He said it was like oblivion. Yeah. He said it was like oblivion. I was really, when he said that I thought amazing, I got excited, but I thought how, because I was getting more fallout in space five. I'll
0: be honest with you. If this game, I, once again, I think fallout four is a great game. If this game was more or less like fallout four, like, I wouldn't even be in my top. I wouldn't even be in my top fifty games. Like I no. would just, cause like Fallout Four to me, it's not special. Fallout Four is not a special game to me. It's not a game I, I think, think about people a lot. Would agree with you. Yeah, it's not a game I really want to replay. I just it was good and like I mean you asked me what my I don't even know what I gave it on on my GG app or whatever, but like. He asked me what score is for Fallout Four. It's it's somewhere between eight and a nine. It's a great game. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I have nothing. I don't really have anything bad to say about it. I, just, I love
1: spamming it, the sarcastic options so much in that. Oh yeah. That's why I had fun with the dialogue. The game too. just
0: didn't stick with me. So if you think about it, I haven't had a Bethesda game. I haven't felt a true Bethesda experience since Skyrim. The way I want it since 2011, and right. I, I think I said that in episode 200. I think I said
1: you probably something did.
0: along the lines of we were watching the E3 showcase, and I was like, this reminds me of like. Like like oblivion.
1: I'm with you though, and feeling that same way. I mean, as much Fallout Four is my favorite one, but I've never beat Fallout Three. I should say Fallout Four is my favorite in the franchise, but I've never beat Three all the way. I've only played maybe 20 hours in New Vegas, so the the ceiling uh, was pretty low in terms of like what it had to do to get me over. But
0: but you're not a big fan of Fallout in general because of its aesthetics. Yeah,
1: I'm not as big into post apocalyptic wasteland settings.
0: Everything being garbage.
1: Yeah, but I still I still really really like it. And uh, but but case in point with this, you know, we have we had for so long that post-apocalyptic setting. And then we have the the fantasy setting in Elder Scrolls. And then you're going into the stars into space. And I've always, you know, I always kind of flirt around with Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. Which one do I like more? You know, sort of fantasy and then space fantasy. And even though I give the edge a little bit more to Middle Earth, I still like the space stuff just as much. So I'm excited for this. And another thing, too, although this doesn't really have as much to do with Starfield. I'm excited for this game to come out because what this means is, although there's going to be an expansion we know of and stuff like that, and they're going to be supporting this for a long time, full development is eventually going to take place on the next Elder Scrolls. You know, like that's their next big project, and I'm just well, excited. Did you read
0: Josh that today they they bumped up the production of of I uh, didn't Elder
1: read Scrolls. that. Oh, that, that's it awesome.
0: Left, what are they say? I, I don't. I'm trying to think of how to word it. It left like pre conceptualizing and went into like pre like early development.
1: That's cool, bro. I tell you what. I w- if someone asked me right now, if you asked me Brian, if you said Josh, you could have KOTOR remake, it's it's the it's every way in every way imaginable the way you want it. But you have you can't have the next Elder Scrolls. I'd say forget it. I I would rather have the next Elder Scrolls. That is like the, like if I could have a Game of Games come out, like if I was, you know, god forbid if I was dying and I could have a chance to you
2: play it. You might be like,
0: by the time yeah. it comes to- <laughs> <laughs> i mean i like that i practice it you ain't gonna have to you're not gonna have to worry about requesting time oh man you're gonna have to worry about requesting time off for the next elder scrolls because you'll be retired
1: yeah that's entirely possible that's that's hilarious but i'm so excited that we're about to get into that era that's the game that i would move everything else out of the way for to play like i could have a girlfriend and i you know god bless her she could be so amazing but i'd be like this game is more important right now Okay, I'm not gonna deny it. I've been waiting so, for this for a long time. Okay, so, so
0: I can't play Starfield the day it comes out because my daughter's one year old birthday is that day. I won't be able to play Elder Scrolls the day it comes out because it'll be my daughter's graduation party. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: what's oh gonna happen. man,
1: you know, yeah, we'll be we'll be geriatric geriatrics at that point. But look, I, I mean, in case in point with Starfield, it's just so cool to see people so excited for this game, like. Last year was God of War, Raggy Rock on the PlayStation, but I'm just excited. I'm happy for Xbox to see it, you know, to get that on this side, to get this big W. And just for the game that's going to take over people's lives. Like, we're going to talk about Baldur shortly, but, like, that's more of a me thing. I mean, Prey is, you know, playing that right now and having an amazing time, but, like, for a lot it's a of huge people, thing in the industry, for, yeah, it's a huge thing in the industry. But in terms of our community, it's not as much. You know, you have you, like to every let's say twenty people that are playing Starfield in our community, you have like four that are maybe interested in Baldur's Gate. Mm-hmm. So, and I understand, but that's why it's cool too. Is just because this game is going to take over the rest of the year for people. I don't. A lot of people aren't necessarily excited for Mortal Kombat One or Assassin's Creed Mirage, Super Mario Wonder, all, you know, all the other stuff that's coming out. This is it. This is the big yeah. one, and this is going to keep them until the end of the year. Well, and that's, I think,
0: go ahead, go ahead. I would say, I think, too, like, you know, we talked about how you talked about, like, Ragnarok last year. Ragnarok was a big Sony. Well, it, was, it was a big Sony exclusive. It was a big game in general, but, like, Starfield's one of those big, big games. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is kind of, I don't know, it depends on how you want to look at it. I would say this is the biggest game since Elden, uh, Elden Ring, probably. Yeah. Like, Starfield's the biggest... Yeah, no, it's not the only a The reason corner, I, I say... Wrong. Like, I know, I know Tears of the Kingdom's in there, and I think that Tears of the Kingdom, in a sense, was on that level, but I think very quickly after Tears of the Kingdom released, people realized it's more Breath of the Wild, where Elden Ring was something new. Starfield's promising to be something new. Yeah. You know, Witcher 3 would be another one that was like, oh, man, this is huge. This is a big, big deal. You know right. what I mean? Like, every now and then, you get these big games that are like, you have like your A level, mm-hmm. and you have like your A+. plus. Sure, You know, like, Ragnarok was like A, you know, like um, Final Fantasy 16 might have been an A, but Starfield's like an A+, plus. and not only is it like an A-plus game, but it's an exclusive to Xbox, so you're so used to Xbox not having anything, and then not only do they have something, it's like generational title. Absolutely. So, yeah, man, I don't know, but what do you, uh, Josh, what, do you, what are you thinking it's gonna, I, can, I think we kind of covered this already on the other episode, but like, what do yeah, you I think it's going to
1: score? Boulder's get here shortly.
0: And, yeah, we'll go to Boulder's Gate here in a second. What do you think it's going to score Starfield and what do you think the major criti- give me one major criticism that's consistent in the industry for Starfield and give me one major like oh this is the thing that changed gaming or this is the thing that other games need to incorporate. So one huge positive, one huge negative, what do you think it's going to have for score?
1: I'm going to say between an 83 and an 86, but I'll probably be wrong on that. And I'll be happy to be wrong for what it's worth.
0: Um, so why do you why do you vote that if you think you might be wrong? I
1: just, I just think it 's such a that. big game you know it's, it''s a lot of people are going to have different takeaways because a lot of it 's a game that is accessible to many people, many types of players, which is a huge plus, but I think that could make the score a bit broad uh, in terms of just what people are getting out of it. Some people feel overwhelmed, some people feel maybe this wasn 't tuned as much stuff like that. What I think uh will be the, like the pros and the big pro and con kind of takeaway from the game. I think con will probably just be that people don't have enough time to play the game. Uh, I think it'll be more to do with that than the actual game content itself, but uh, there will probably be one or two things in there. We just don't know about yet. Like, you know how like fallout four, I didn't know going into the game that I was going to hate how like everything was lootable because it serviced the uh, building. You know, I didn't really end up liking that aspect, but I didn't know that going into it. So something like that, I'm sure will crop up as for like the big pro. I think, I think people will probably really enjoy things like how with the shipbuilding, like they showed off in that direct about how there was like there is a obviously the the normal way, the very complex way to do it. But there's a very streamlined, simplified way to do it, too. So if you're someone who maybe has to do that for a quest or like you maybe want to dabble in it, but you don't care about all the extra shit. You can just do it in a real streamlined way, and I think that's just going to make it really fun and accessible for people. So for a game that's as big as it is with as much as it's offering, it's not going to feel, even though it seems daunting when you actually get to play it contextually, it probably, they're going to have a lot to offer that won't make it feel that way. What about you?
0: Um, I'm thinking the biggest criticism, if I had to guess, it's, and once again, this is not something I want to happen, but maybe it will be that the game, you kind, of, you kind of said the same thing, Maybe it'll be that the game is too big. Like, maybe it is, like, because you, you never really know what the huge criticisms are going to be until after the game's come out. And then you look back in retrospect and you go, oh, man. like, for instance, Halo Infinite, you know, you look back and go, oh, man, remember when they said it was going to be a free-to-play live service game? We didn't know that that was going to be a big penalty to this game. Like, we didn't know how much that was going to affect. Well yeah. Like, maybe we could be, a year from now, we could look back and be like, if only we knew how much that thousand planets was going to hurt them. You know, and I, I'm not saying I think that's going to happen or I want that to happen, but like, what if it gets to the point where the general consensus seems to be a couple months from now, people got tired of playing it? Like, don't get me wrong, they had a blast and they put over 100 hours into it. But what if the general consensus months from now is, I'm sick of playing Starfield and I barely scratched the surface of the game? You know what I mean? Like, that could be a negative. Once again, I'm not necessarily saying I think that will happen, I don't want that to happen, but like, it could be, um, and then I think the the positive maybe that we're that's going to be touted a lot is that oh wow Bethesda told a compelling story, mm-hmm. or Bethesda told, um, and which is funny because in the Discord today I said that I've, I've changed my my uh, my tune since literally hours ago when I asked people a similar question and I said well one of the common complaints might be that it's an, yet another lackluster main story from Bethesda but. What if the main big talking point was, Bethesda told a story that we really cared about with characters we really thought about? Like, what if it was like a Witcher three? I mean, maybe not that good, but like Witcher three type story. Sure. I mean, even Cyberpunk's main story, I think, gets more credit than Bethesda's main stories do. Would you say that's? Fair? Oh yeah, yeah. So like, what if they what if they offer like a Cyberpunk level main like main story? Like yeah. that would be kind of a shocker because I think we're all expecting like oh Space Sim, knock knock, you know, it doesn't knock, really get ma- shot it doesn't really matter how great the main story is because it's a space sim, It's a Bethesda game. But what if like that space, what if that main story is like resonant
1: well, for you that you know? prioritizes a lot of that stuff? I mean, that, that should It'd be, be something you want that to be there. Yeah. And I mean, the, the buzz sounds like it, it's going to be there on some level way better than what it's been yeah. before, what I've seen, but you hope for that because yeah, they, they haven't always been the best. Like I, I remember Maddie plays saying, uh, He's played like, he's sunk in like, I think a thousand hours or something like that to Skyrim, but he's only played the main story part once, you know? Yeah. And I get it. Like, I don't remember like,
0: how, I beat it, but I don't remember how it ends. Right, right. And I've, I think it has something to do with Alduin. I've sunk but, in a <laughs> lot, uh,
1: probably close to that much time, but I've never even beat the main story. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's pretty interesting. But that's not a knock on that. It's just they, they don't, you, usually in Bethesda games, the reputation is that. I mean, if you break it down, it's like, good.
0: That, that's where the
1: meat and uh, potatoes is of the games.
0: Fallout 3 is like, help your dad get Walda. <laughs> like, that's it. You're dang it wilder. Yeah. And, and, then, and then you had Oblivion, and it's like, close the Oblivion gates. Okay. You know, and then Skyrim, it's like, you know, there's dragons. Stop Alduin. Yeah. You know, Fallout 4, I think, is the worst offender. I just thought the Institute and the twist, all that was just so lame to me. Like, well, I saw it coming, and it wasn't that. It also wasn't that. In- like, I remember feeling genuinely let down mm-hmm. when I finished that main story. So, yeah, I. I I don't know. Think if they really pull it off and it's something special. Like, what if we can... Because I, I know that, like, Bethesda fans will talk about Lucy and Lachance, or they'll talk about what the Imperial Guards say, or uh, what uh, what's his name? Is it Cicero in, mm-hmm. in Skyrim? Skyrim, yeah, 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 You know, there's stuff like, like Bethesda fans will talk about that, but, like, you don't hear people in general out in the wild talk about um, Garrus. Like, you know, they talk about Mass Effect, Garrus. They talk about... Um, Drake, Uncharted. They talk about Master Chief. There's no one like that for Bethesda. There's not a single character. They don't like have
1: it. a mascot per se. No, no. But I no. think no. That's so. What if Starfield's like?
0: I think one of the main characters is it Barrett? Maybe I think Barrett's one of the main characters of Starfield. Or, oh, okay. Okay. I think, or, okay. Uh, I th- I think so. I've I was thinking previous, of Final Fantasy
1: like, when You said that.
0: Well, oh, give me, yeah, give me, give me one of. Do you know a name of one of the, like the main chick from Starfield? Do you know? No, the I don't. No. Maybe one of those main characters becomes like a. Oh man, like I right. love. Barrett, or I love, uh, I don't know what, man. I wish I could remember her name. I think to to their
1: credit, though, that's what that's the point of their games is that you're supposed to be the protagonist, the empty vessel type of character. You fill in those blanks, you know. And the
0: fact that you're not a voice protagonist, man, that that's that does really have me excited again because, like, I'm
1: happy for people that are happy for that because I don't mind it, but I would still prefer voiced.
0: Did you notice the, how it limited Fallout 4, though? Or I
1: could see not that. I could yeah. definitely see that. Because you I only think had, like, was, four options, think, and it was very, like, samey. I think that's why I enjoyed it, simply because, like, it felt less quiet. Well, like Especially when you're traveling the Commonwealth, and you're I not always that. using yeah, the music. So when true. your character actually has voice dialogue and can banter back with people. It felt closer to, like, a massive. It feels like you're not just talking yeah. to a wall in a way, but, yeah. like, an echo chamber or something. But, yeah, I mean, I... That's why I
0: look at Dragon Age Origins. You love that game. And it's a silent protagonist with text. No, and KOTOR,
1: my favorite game of all time. So 100 percent. I mean, I'm not against it. The last thing I'll say about this that I think is really interesting and could be potentially telling is that when you guys look at Skyrim that came out and the success it it became, it superseded, I think, what everyone expected. The legacy of that game, the the releases it has, the way Todd Howard talks about that game and future games now building a legacy similar to that. Well, then, you know, four years later after Skyrim, we had Fallout 4, and that was kind of its own thing. But the legacy that was established with Skyrim wasn't quite established back in 2015 in the same way it is now. It was still Absolutely growing. Not, yeah. So at the time when that came out, when Fallout 4 came out, there wasn't as many talking points that Todd or Pete Hines would have about how wanting to build the next game, their Fallout 4, let's say, yeah. to be this game that lasted you 10 years or so, just like Skyrim. Whereas since Fallout 4, that conversation has taken place numerous times. And I'm just interested to see. I'm interested. I can't speak. I'm interested to see how Starfield being built with that heavily in mind is going to live up or live, like, not live up to in terms of its legacy. It seems like it will. You're probably going to have somebody that's going to, like, try to incorporate the map of Skyrim onto a planet or something with mods. I don't know, but, like, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes, either which way, because I'm sure that will affect maybe in some ways how they develop the next Elder Scrolls. Because like I said, you've had this conditioned mindset of like they want their games now to sort of have this like 10 year lifespan where they they're a generational title like Starfield. But this is the first game that's releasing under that sort of mentality. So how could the reception of that with that in mind built in mind affect like future titles, depending on how this goes, you know I what think, I'm saying? Yeah, I saying? It's interesting. I think,
0: I think Fallout Four was was a different size project than than Starfield is. And absolutely,
1: like, absolutely. This isn't to
0: take anything away from Fallout Four, but like, and Fallout Four was obviously a very ambitious project with a lot of work and time and money spent that put in that game. But like, if you look at it, Fallout Four was four years after Skyrim, and it just like you said just didn't have the lasting impact the same way Skyrim did. Right. And I think my not to sound conspiracy theorist, cuz i think it's just kind of like i'm not saying that i know it's true but i feel like it's it's very like i know i know draw. i know this much is true very nice
1: i was going to continue nice. but no i, I didn't want to interrupt fall asleep you i sleep
0: listening to you um
1: thank you that's I think bethesda awesome.
0: needed bethesda needed money coming in quicker than mm. they were used to i mean like we've already been over this in other episodes like you know, save single player games and uh, like them switching everything over to live service because they needed more money coming in. I think after Skyrim and that long development, you know, they 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 didn't want to go for an eight year Starfield project right off the bat, you know, so it's like Fallout 4 was a little more manageable for like the type of game it was, like a first person shooter, obviously it's an RPG, you know, it has the voice protagonist, it wasn't the same level as Skyrim. So I think they want to Fallout 4 to get money. You know they want to Fallout 76 to use that Fallout 4 engine and draw more money and right. have a reoccurring revenue. Skyrim is that huge, or not Skyrim? Starfield is that long pitch, ambitious, back to basics Bethesda title that is really hard to do without money coming in. Eight years with no... I mean, eight years... We, we used to live in a time where eight years was four games. Sometimes five or six.
1: <laughs> Look at the you GTA know? memes. Yeah, I mean, that's the perfect example right there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think Tomb Raider, when Tomb Raider was big, I think Tomb Raider 1, 2, 3, Last Revelation and Chronicles, five Tomb Raider games came out in five years. One a year. Wow. Thank and they were all like loved. You know, I right. know, to different degrees. Uh, that was a different time, obviously. But yeah, I think... I mean, and you look at what's happened since then. Like I said, they they tried to go into the live service stuff with you know uh, Fallout seventy six and and oh what I don't know Red Redfall started that way. Mm -hmm. They you know the different things like that, and eventually like letting themselves be purchased by Microsoft. This could be like this could very much be. I I feel like we could look back in history and be like, oh yeah, you got your like Oblivion and your, your Fallout 3 and your Skyrim, and then you got your Starfield. And, like, Fallout 4 is kind of in this different pocket. Right. It wasn't the same ambition, the same kind of approach, because they had to be a little more logistical with running a company. And, and the prices of things were getting more insane as we kept getting newer consoles, HD assets and stuff like that. Uh, but to wrap up Starfield, and, of course, you can say finishing thoughts because we want to go over to Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah, I do want to talk uh, about I that think- for a good bit. I still think I'll be at a 90... I think at a 91 is where I'm, I'm guessing for um, for Metacritic. I don't think Starfield's going to get that far into the 90s. Like, I think it's going to be, like, lucky to to hold, it, hold a 9-something. You know, 90, 91. Not because I don't think the game will be that good, but because I just think Bethesda has more journalists against them than Baldur's Gate 3 does, right? like... like Larian is like the underdog; you want to see them go the distance. Easy to throw a high score on them, but Bethesda is known for bugs. Is known for um, behind-the-scenes emails that get leaked and piss people off. They're you know they're known for like uh, the handling of prey and Human Head Studios, and then you have uh, places like I think Kotaku might be black. I think they're blacklisted. Yep. Uh, Eurogamer came out today and said they didn't get the code till today, so their review will be much later. There's a lot of Bethesda haters out there. Some of it's for good reason. Some of it's not. So I think they have an uphill battle. getting. I don't see, you know, like, and not to single out Diente, because I hope Diente is right. Diente's been saying 98 Metacritic. Mm -hmm. But I just don't think with Bethesda's name slapped on it, there's a chance. I just think there's too much going against them in the realm of journalism. For them to reach them. Well, the so same, I'm thinking low 90
1: for the same reason I think it's ex- like I, I'm excited for is it. the same reason like I think what also people it could draw a lot more criticisms because this is like a generational game so like everyone's stopping to look at this game even people who and no one was gonna, stopping to look at Baldur's Gate 3 right once ago so people who aren't necessarily even going to play Starfield are probably going to stop and take a look at seeing how this ranks up statistically uh reviews wise so that's going to be interesting, which could be problematic in terms of people could be more harsher on this game because they've been waiting for it for so long. There was the big delay Absolutely. last year.
0: It's, also, it's point, also tied to Xbox's reputation.
1: Exactly. Like most games aren't. Exactly, you know? But on the other hand, you know, I'm excited for that reason, too, just because it'll be a huge talking point. I don't expect that I'll be able to really talk to people much about this game in the community at all because people are just going to have more time to play this game and going to be so ahead of it that I can't participate in those unless I want to be spoiled on a lot. But uh, yeah. two quick things real quick. Uh, I'm excited for the legacy of this game. Usually in each Bethesda title, you kind of get a little clued into maybe what they're going to incorporate into a future title case in point with like Hearthfire DLC with Skyrim going into a lot of stuff that we saw in Fallout 4. So where might the, some stuff in this take us to the next Elder Scrolls? Uh, so that's interesting to me. Um, the other thing I just completely forgot.
2: Oh
0: yeah. Well, here, I'll fill in. <laughs> I've been there, Josh. I'll have been there. i fill in for you though. I'll fill in for you real quick. Here's what's really funny guys. Get this. I, I, this just occurred to me while Josh was talking. I am not thinking about this game too much and I'm saying how I'm like, my hype's not too high what just because I'm now go ahead. Okay. Oh, we'll go. We'll go ahead and say it, Josh. I will Yeah, it's real
1: quick. My fa- the thing I'm honestly looking forward to the most in this game is the oblivion style uh close up shots yeah. of talking to them when you have conversations the one from yeah. my dream yeah then the stars were right and this is the day you know I'm looking forward to having conversations like that again over to you
0: um yeah so just to give you an idea of like where I'm at right like it doesn't seem like I'm my anticipation's too high and I'm thinking about other things mm-hmm. but I just realized guys I I fully think this is going to be one of my... Like, the way I, I think... I have I think me slash... I think Josh and I have kind of fostered in our little Sacred Icon community the whole top 50 games thing. Like, top 50 is like, like our favorite... Yeah, like our favorite games of all time always come down to top 50. It's not top 25, it's not top 100, it's top 50. Mm-hmm. So, using top 50 as my as my uh, metric, I've believed that Starfield is going to be one of the best Help games I've me. ever played. For a long time now, Man, you I have so many songs. I'm sorry, bro. I have Starfield already. I just, just because I'm excited, I have Starfield like halfway through my top 50 games already. Because I just expect it'll be there. <laughs> so like, so like, not because I actually know, but I'm just like, that just goes to show, right? Like, for as little as anticipation as I'm feeling, I'm assuming this will be one of the best games I've ever played. Yeah. So like, yeah, the hype's there. It's freaking,
1: (laughs) it's freaking exciting, man. And seeing people, like I said, seeing everyone cultivating around this game, it's freaking cool. And people who aren't even excited don't seem to be, I I haven't seen it at least. Like, I don't see people bashing this for other people being happy about this game. Like, it seems like so many people have been anticipating this. And there's other people who are curious about this. People who have bought into the Xbox for this. People who are excited for the 60 FPS on PC versus the 30. I think it's 60 on PC, correct? So yeah. yeah i mean you can
0: do anything but
1: yeah <laughs> so i mean i'm just in the mod potential and everything just what this game is going to do for people and how much you can get out of it and play it how you want is just so exciting but uh over to boulders Gate three you want to talk about that
0: yeah josh if you want let me uh i have one really talkative thing to say about boulders Gate three and okay. you're going to have most of it so sure. like if i get mine out of the way then yeah man go the rest of it I'm, I'm and interested. i wonder if you'll roll your eyes because you'll be like oh there's <laughs> I wonder if you roll your eyes because you be like, oh, That's Brian's me. Brian's bringing the drama here. I'm going to offer go. it's a hot take. Oh, I don't know where you're going with this, but I don't know. Yeah. At the same time, let's uh, see. I think you do. I think you do know. It's a hot <laughs> take, and I think no one listening will agree with me. I don't think Josh will agree with me. I am disappointed it, that Phil Spencer dropped the series parody, series S parody. Okay. Is that what you thought I was going to say? No.
2: Oh, okay. I was wrong with um, Ian.
0: Yeah, I I am kind of bummed. I'm kind of bummed about it because Microsoft, you know, they, they they went for something different this generation with, hey, we got the Series X, and the most powerful console, but then we got the Series S, this entry point. Right. It's like the same architecture, same CPU, different GPU, and we're the games will be will have complete parity, they'll release the same, and it's a good entry point. And what have you you've had it's it's increased over time, but from the very beginning you've had naysayers. Uh, Series S is going to hold back the generation. Uh, Series S is harder for developers. And when Baldur's Gate 3 came out and took the world by storm for a while, everyone pointed at Microsoft and says, you screwed up because you don't have Baldur's Gate 3 on Xbox the same time PlayStation does. And, it's, and and Larian says it's because of the split screen not working the same on Series S. And Microsoft requires parity. Everyone's like, screw the the Series S. The Series S is holding back everything. And developers hate it. Everyone hates it. It's the worst. And like it quickly looked like Microsoft was either going to have to stick to their guns and say no we can fix this it's fine this is going to be an entry point console or they're going to have to loosen the reins and pretty much let the Series S become a quasi con- mid mid gen console mm-hmm. like because if you think about it we're really early in the in this generation of gaming we're technically 3 years in but the generation exclusive games have only been going for what a year tops if that mm-hmm. So like we're in the beginning really of this generation, and we've just now seen there will not be Phil Spencer finally, and I I get why he did it because he's getting so much pushback, and I know so many people wanted this. I think pretty much everyone in our community wanted it. I think you wanted Joshua. I'll pass it over to you in a moment. Take your time. But pe- people wanted him to, for Microsoft to drop the parody and say, okay, the Series S can come out without split screen co-op and the split-screen co-op will only work on X. So that means from now on, when you buy a Xbox Series console, there won't be complete parody anymore. There will be a, oh, well, if you get the Series S, that's the version that doesn't have split-screen. Series X, that's you have split-screen. And I think they opened up this huge uh, can of worms now that what's required, who has to do what, and can I guarantee that I'm gonna get the same experience other people do if I buy a Series S? I, I know if I had a Series S or a friend had a Series S only, and they picked up Bullers Gate 3 and they were excited to do split screen with their wife and find out that they can't because they gotta to upgrade to an X, that would blow, man. So for me, I think it was a mistake for it was a mistake from Microsoft to drop the parody because I think this set a dangerous precedent. I think from this moment forward, we're gonna see the Series S mostly get pushed back to basically where the Xbox One is and just not taken seriously. It's gonna be Xbox Series X, PS5, and then whatever PS5 Pro is, that's what it's gonna be. Um, but, you know, Microsoft made this problem for themselves by deciding to launch a cheaper console at the beginning. This has nothing to do with Larian. Larian's doing everything right, and it's their badass game that made this whole parody thing come up. So, uh, other than just beyond the drama, I'll say that I am rooting hardcore for Baldur's Gate 3. The game looks awesome. I think I would love everything about it except the combat. That's why I don't plan to buy it, but I'm rooting for it. I'm excited for Josh to fill me on and what he thinks of it. I would love to see this win the game of the year. I haven't even played Starfield or Baldur's Gate 3. And if you ask me what game I would love to see win game of the year, I'd probably pick Baldur's Gate 3 because like, Starfield is such a like, oh, you mean the guys that did Skyrim and Fallout? Like, it's interesting because
1: okay. you do see Baldur's you know? Gate 3 as a critical darling at this point. Like this underdog Yeah, and I, I darling, would love
0: for like the so. game awards to be like, Baldur's Gate 3, game of the year. And it's like, Man, this Larian came in after building up on Divin- the Divinity Games. Right. They brought out Baldur's Gate 3, and they took down freaking Zelda, Bethesda, Final Fantasy. That would be such an epic story. I'm smiling because that's love, a cool scenario. I would reason. love to see it. I'd love to see it. But anyways, Josh, what do you have to say about the Series S thing and then go into Baldur's Gate? Sure, man. No, I, I, you made a lot of good points, though, man. I think I, think I think I mostly
1: agree with you, but at the same time, really? I think I have a slightly different take. Like, okay. I think, personally, and I... I I'm a bit biased because I have a Series X guys, but I've always looked at the Series S as a one X pretending to be a series console. Because when you look at like what they're offering, like I just knew when they announced that there was going to be two series consoles that you're just going to get lesser stuff. And that's going to show itself here and there. That's that was my assumption going into this generation. So that's why I opted to buy the X because I just felt like, well, I won't have to worry about any potential come ups on this one, whereas that series S will yeah. probably show itself here and there. So for me, I guess I was kind of expecting that. And I'm not obviously not as affected because I don't have a series S, but I can see how that's a bit of a bummer. I would have liked to have seen them have waited for it. Yeah. You know, like like you're you're implying. But yeah. on the other hand, I do think the conversation it, it, I mean, it seems like more or less like it did just change because of how successful the game came out of nowhere. It looked really because, bad for
0: Xbox to not have this
1: game. Right. You know, and the fact that it was like you, you kind of had like PlayStation was going to have their 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 title, which was Baldur's Gate. And then you have Xbox with Starfield. On accident, for free. On accident, for free. Perfectly said because Xbox wasn't able to get it, you know, the parody going in a way that they could release it around the same time. Yeah. But the game turns out to be hugely successful. They're saying it's one of the best games of all time already. You know, and the reviews are through the critical darling, like we said. But then Gamescom comes up and then they announce right after Gamescom that, yes, it's going to ship on Xbox this year because they had a conversation with Phil Spencer. And my assumption is that Phil saw the success of this game and how well it was doing and went, holy shit, we need to get this on there as soon as possible. So we're going to make this sacrifice because we don't want the conversation. I mean, if I was him, I wouldn't want the I wouldn't want Baldur's Gate on PlayStation. To be entering the conversation of Starfield on the Again, Xbox. get Starfield. Yeah. They're,
0: they're monopolizing their own game. Like, get it? Like, At they're giving point, the competition a free uh, exclusive. Exactly. At this point,
1: how soon can we get it on Xbox so we negate that type of conversation? Yeah. And also, Xbox just looks even stronger because PlayStation is really only going to have Spider-Man 2, which is still a big game. But, but not Starfield. Not big. Starfield. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, as for Baldur's Gate 3, I did want to take a couple minutes and just talk about how I got into DD. and as to why I'm so excited for this game, because it is a Dungeons and Dragons title. Um, uh, And that started actually back right after Brian's wedding in 2019. I had a coworker named Kyle who was playing Dungeons and Dragons a lot. He was a dungeon master. And our friend Erwin was playing with him, and it tried to get me to play Dungeons and Dragons for years. And to no avail, it never worked. I was more focused on Force Awakens coming out and all this Star Wars stuff that was coming out every year. And, uh, I get back from Brian's wedding, and Kyle is telling you know, Kyle and Irwin are telling me that Kyle is going to start a new campaign, and he's looking for you know some new blood and stuff. And I was like, oh, I don't know, you know, I just got back from traveling with Brian and stuff like to see him and stuff, and I thought I just kind of want to relax a <laughs> bit and play some games. And then uh, our friend Jeff was there too. We were all working together around the same time, and Jeff Jeff was like, I'll try it. So he went and he kind of did like a one off little thing. And when I see him again, he's like, I played it. It was freaking amazing. I felt like a God. And I thought, well, shit, I don't want to be the one guy who's that like, you know, holding up the line. That's like, oh, I'm not going to do it. You know, so I thought, okay. So I went over. I had no idea. I've only seen the Dungeons and Dragons movie in 2000, which I love, but it's horrible. You know, great case of objective or subjective. But I go over there and I don't fully know what a campaign is. And for you guys that haven't played Dungeons and Dragons, a campaign can can range from like a couple of sessions for like four hours at a go to a couple years. It just depends on the people at the table and what they they plan to do and what they want to do. So I'm about to enter into this thing, and I don't fully understand that yet. But I go over there just for sort of a one-off demo session, just to get a taste of what Dungeons and Dragons is like. And Kyle helps me create a character. I name him Nicodemus the Famous. He's a bard, and he has a saxophone named Evangeline. So it's basically an exaggerated version of myself. And we get into this combat scenario and basically Nicodemus and his two compatriots enter this tavern after some traveling and uh, the barmaid comes up and tries to deliver, you know, ask us if we want anything to drink. And as she walks back, uh, I tell Kyle and Nicodemus, you know, tries to check her out. He's like, roll me a perception check. You know, just like just like a character has stats in your RPGs, like Starfield, for example, you have that on a, a character sheet and you will take a procedurally you know, 20 sided die and you'll roll and use those stats, you know, for my perception, for example. And I rolled a natural 20 in Dungeons and Dragons. Natural 20 means that's an automatic success. So he's like, you know, basically. She looks pretty good, looks thick, and uh, she does a little, you know, 360 spin for you as she's walking back. And Nico was like, wow. And for me at the time, I was like, "What? holy cow, it's Pandora's box. Like, I can do anything in this game. Amazing. So there's off at the end of the tavern, there's this fire and there's, uh, you know, people are having a good time drinking, you know, their ales and, and eating their meals and chattering. And there is a group of musicians playing. And one of them is uh, this woman. And Nico is like, is she pretty? You know, and she is so Nicodemus goes and walks up and he whips out his saxophone Evangeline and starts to play with them, play on and off with them. And I had to do a performance check for my for my playing, and it was pretty decent. Well, then the the woman says, you know, you know, once they finish up the song, let me buy you a drink and walks Nicodemus up to the barkeep. And it's at that point he feels something sharp go into his back and basically hears your money or your life. And that's when a bunch of tables get flipped over and all these musicians, uh, whip out their weapons and they're going to rob everyone. So we go into combat and this is where I got my first taste of what that was like of, you know, Jeff's character who I thought was on my, like going to be my buddy and help me out. I'm standing there with a knife in my back proceeds to dive over the bar table and he's taking cover and I'm like, help me. like, don't protect yourself. (laughs) Like save me. I'm about to die. And anyway, we had a big combat session and we were able to defeat them, thankfully. But at the end of it, the guards show up and as the guards are showing up and assessing the situation, Nicodemus is outside and he he loots one of them that was trying to run away. And he he finds this map and he can't really read it because it's it's, it's dark out at night, but he holds it up near the moon, you know, kind of like to get a sense of light just to see what it says on it. And he sees almost like a, a glowing trail leading off to a specific spot on the map and i was like holy shit and kyle said that's where we end the session and i was like whoa and i was just floored immediately i was like i have to play this and i joined the campaign and we ended up playing it was a pandora's box moment so i left there that day going okay holy shit i've only previously known of the original movie what is out there for dungeons dragons that i can get into it's surely there's got to be video games that I don't know about all books and all this stuff. Well, there's a ton of books, There's all this stuff. But we didn't really have a modern game for that. And I thought, well, I love turn based. And that's what this is. You know, in D&D, you when you get to combat, the dungeon master says everyone roll for initiative. You roll that 20 sided die and the highest the person who has the highest number gets to go first in the turn order. So it's turn based like XCOM, stuff like that. I was looking for that in a video game. I thought, well, I want something that's going to open me up more toward the lore of D and D because there's a lot of lore for it. Whereas a lot of like Kyle, for example, he'll run a campaign that's homebrew, which a lot of dungeon masters will do something. That's all entirely their own. But I looked and I looked and I saw there was these old Baldur's gate games that I had heard about vaguely before there was old dark Alliance games, stuff like that, but there wasn't anything current, but it was somewhere around this time that they had announced Baldur's gate three. But it was just something that was so far off in the distance and about it. Fast forward about a year ago, they show off like an hour's worth of footage at some press conference. And I was like, this is enough for me. Like I'm in Uh, at this point, it hadn't been announced for consoles, but I thought I'll have to save it for a PC. But like they've sold me. I don't want to see anymore because I don't want to spoil myself. It went into early access shortly thereafter where people could play through Act One on Steam PC and all that. And I didn't want to watch it because I didn't want to spoil myself on a lot of it. I didn't know how big the game was going to be, so I didn't know how long Act One was going to be. I just didn't want to really know what I was going into too much. But case in point, I stayed in the dark until just a few days ago. And I went and watched the IGN review, and I have been obsessed since. I've been listening to uh, the Dritz books on audiobook while I've been at work. And just thoroughly excited for this game. I, I'm. It's, it takes place uh, in Faerun, which is the continent of, uh, it's, it's basically a continent of the Forgotten Realms. Um, and Boulder's Gate is this big, bustling city, you know, in this whole continent where you have cities like Neverwinter and stuff like that as well. It's just all this juicy fantasy that I really like, this crunchy tactical combat that I'm very excited for, just turn-based, I mean, to the point where I can, like, take an hour to really think about what I want to do with my move. You know, and it's punishing at the same time. Uh, What I like about this game is that it's incorporating dice rolls. So like you will actually see a dice pop up and roll. It's using uh, the fifth edition versions of Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, It's incorporating all those rules because, yeah, Brian, there's been like five editions of it since it came out, like the Mm -hmm. 80s, 70s, whatever. But um, I'm very excited for that because I feel like that's going to help me understand tabletop D&D better. But it's also going to what I've under, you know, played of tabletop D&D is going to uh, allow me to enjoy this much better. I know that it begins with uh, some stuff going down. There's an illithid, which is basically just these tentacle looking guys. And, uh, you know, you get this parasite inside of you, and it turns out uh, some other people do, too. And you're trying to basically solve getting that out of you and what that does to you and how that affects you. And that's really the only bits I know about the story, but it has your typical stuff that people would expect out of like a Bioware game of getting a party, traveling around, adventuring forth, doing side quests while having a main quest there. You can romance companions and there's just a lot of juice of goodness in this. You can smash a bear, you know, and stuff like that. I mean, Just some crazy good shit in there that I'm really looking forward to playing. And and like I said, the combat, uh, especially just that crunchy, tactical, turn based stuff that I really, really love, which is why you're not as interested in, you know.
0: Think think how much it worked out for them unintentionally, because this game is coming out when Critical Role is this huge thing. And there was a giant D&D movie in theaters, right? Like this that people are ripe for a game like this, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, I, like, like I said earlier, like I've been watching this game with great interest because we'll I just love with Great interest. I've, I've just been like, I feel so happy for Larian, this this team that created the Divinity series and keep iterating on that and then got the Baldur's Gate IP and they're putting this game out. And this game's like, this is a game that like you go back to just June no one was really talking about it, you know. It was all about Zelda, Starfield, Final Fantasy, Spider Man. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. No
0: one's really talking about Baldur's Gate, and then Baldur's Gate comes out, beginning of August, and suddenly it's like the best thing that's come out this year, and all anyone wants to talk about. And it's just uh, the review scores are insane, the sales are insane, the Steam charts, and you just love to see it because yeah, it's, it's. You do. Hell yeah. It's also it's it's an uncompromising game, right? This isn't a game where they're like, oh well, we had. Um, We had to make it action-based combat because casual gamers like that more. Mm -hmm. Which to be fair, I would like that more. But they didn't compromise. They didn't make it like hack and slash action combat or like Diablo, like run and click and stuff. It's like the full-on what you would a nerd's nerd would want out of this type of game. 100 percent They uncompromised in every way and it's paying off tenfold. There's no bullshit microtransactions, there's no part of the game you don't get, you gotta wait till later. And it works and like I, I've heard there's a decent amount of bugs, but not in a way that's like ruins the game. They just had a
1: patch come out for that and they still got more coming. Yeah, you know? so I've uh, heard so many. It's just, sorry, yeah,
0: it's a success. You just it's the success you want. And this is you want this type of thing for games going forward in the industry.
1: 100 like, percent, dude. I've been what you want. I've been looking for something to sort of like since I've gotten into DD, something to scratch that like lore itch. You know, most of the stuff I did on tabletop wise was more homebrew which used a lot of elements from that but in its own original way something that i'm actually just looking forward to is just getting to know the world of the forgotten realms more and uh you going to the underdark you know which is this big cavernous you know underground like living area which is you know for a lot of people in the in the world that's where they they uh Inhabit. You know, that's where they like to live and stuff. And it's got whole cities and stuff down there, you know, whatnot. But then, you know, being above ground and seeing where this story takes you, what references it might have to previous boulders gates. I've already done like, you know, catch up videos on YouTube. I've listened to. And I don't even know at this point what class I want to make. I mean, like when I played a bard and tabletop, that was more of a buff class, someone who would stay back and mm-hmm. could do things that wouldn't like, you know, I'd be the guy playing the saxophone, trying to basically distract this, you know, uh, Duragard dude, you know, or a goblin or something like that. Um, While my while my teammates rush in and actually do damage to it, you know, stuff like yeah. that. Or I'd, I'd boost their chances of rolling more, you know, better rolls and stuff. But I don't know. I'm kind of torn. Do I want like... You know, as I'm getting older, I, I don't necessarily need to play as like a version of myself in these games. So even with Starfield, but uh, more in, for Boulder Gate 3 here, I don't know if I want to play as like an exaggerated version of myself again. Or I make myself look super beautiful and everything and get into the thick of combat or be a bard like Nico Damus was. I don't know if I want to make just a, a pretty femme fatale and, you know, have a character that I'm going to look at a lot in the game. That way I get to see her all the time, just crush on my my character that I created or, you know, a little something combination of the two where I just get to like sort of make something. wholly original. if you
0: berry, you might as well crush on yourself. I mean, there you
1: just, go, man. That that would be a bard, <laughs> the vanity of I, a bard. If I
0: played Baldur's Gate 3, I would do everything I could in my power to make myself have charisma and charm. Yeah. Like I wouldn't care about well, you being You got that powerful, naturally, dude. You know. Well, I just that would lend itself. That's what I enjoy playing. I appreciate it. That's what I enjoy playing in games. But uh, yeah, I'd probably be something along the lines of a bard or something where it's not combat. But I think you would a bard. Well, I think you're the thing. The thing about Baldur's Gate three that like makes me sad. I'm missing out on it is those companions and the dialogue options just seem magnifique, like perfect, absolutely. You know, and I and I I, it makes me think of Dragon Age. It makes me think of Mass Mm -hmm. Effect, and it makes me want to engage in that, but. With my limited time as it is, and all the other games I have, and the fact that that combat simply is not for me, it just makes sense for me to pass on this one.
1: It's right up my alley, whereas for you, it's the complete opposite. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah I have nothing negative to say no, about yeah. the combat. I just, I don't not get anything taste. out of that combat sure. myself. It's it's like, if, 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 and it's, it's, I think it's probably good they didn't include this, because it would have pissed off hardcore fans, and like, just let Baldur's Gate 3 be something for the, for the hardcore but like, if they had an option where you could do like story mode, where you basically can just play the game and kind of skip through the combat, <laughs> I'd, pr- I'd probably buy it right now. Yeah.
1: Oh, I don't blame. So you. I, could I don't win blame you. It to the combat. I think. Or
0: or if I could, they can make it so that like, no matter what I do in combat, I don't lose. Well, like I know, call me a pansy, but I just I don't want to mess with dying and all that shit. Like,
1: <laughs> well, it's, it, we've talked about this off air before, but Xavier Xavier said that uh, he was telling me once regarding being excited for Final Fantasy VII remake, and the, a big reason for him being so interested in that, was that he felt like he was going to have full control over Cloud finally. And I thought, you know, I could see that. I think that's fair to say, but I always feel like for me, I have more control. You do have full control. I have more full control over my character in turn-based than I do real-time because when I play real-time, I'm not thinking about anything with my character. I'm just focusing on hurting the enemy, draining it, you know, looking at its health bar. Smashing buttons. Yeah, and stuff like that. Whereas in turn-based, I feel like I really have to think about My placement, where I want this character to be to help set up this other one or, you know, if I got to heal this person or what – just the options that I have, I have more time to think about and I like that. It makes me think more tactically, especially for my OCD brain. But I think – you know, right now, just the feedback that Larian's getting, they almost feel like the the CD Project Red of this era, just of being oh, yeah. like, oh, yeah. you know, when Witcher 3 came out and it was this critical darling and everyone was yep. looking forward to it, but it superseded expectations and in some ways was an underdog. That's not the legacy now, but it was at the time. Uh, I feel like that's kind of what they're going through. A very consumer friendly game with no microtransactions. They've been they had early access where people could give them a lot of feedback. Um, they already got another patch out. Um, It's about to come out to PlayStation. I am hoping that it launches well. I have no reason to doubt that it won't. But at the same time, I'm just a little nervous about that, you know, just because it's a console release. But uh, as we've seen with Divinity Original Sin 2 and stuff like that, like they've done great with their ports so far. They've been really good. But uh i'm i'm just eager to see how well this does for them moving into the future you know what this means are they going to just maybe move on to another boulder's gate uh are they going to do a completely different game you know they're
0: going to do a cyber noir game that comes out buggy as
1: hell how is the industry going to look at larian now and kind of hoist them up because divinity original sin 2 has been praised through the roof over the years but most people who just play triple A games still don't really even know that game exists, if that makes just sense. Just give mass
0: effect to Larry. You know?
1: <laughs> well, that's always by a it closed down. I could see Larian stepping in to say, yeah, we'll take it from here. But yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I feel like people who are looking to scratch that Bioware itch, you're going to get that out of this game. If you're not in the Dungeons and Dragons, you don't have to worry. It's not daunting. How does it don't- feel
0: to be bio- Bioware right now just watching somebody else do themselves better?
1: Well, that's <laughs> interesting, isn't it? Because what if what if their game what if Dragon Age and Mass Effect are really shaping up to be dog shit? and they're having to work on a game they know is shit. I mean, how many developers have come out and said that in the past about certain games? They're like, we know this wasn't going to do well yeah. or this was going to be this situation. Like, what was it last year? Uh, Jason Sherry reported from uh, hearing inside the industry that had Starfield released last year that they were looking a lot of people inside at the studio were saying, we're looking at another cyberpunk situation. So yeah. you always, you know, you'll hear that stuff crop up, but what if Bioware is actually looking at this stuff going like, you know, in one scenario, like, holy shit. People are going to expect our games to at least be on some level of this, and we're not going to hit that. Or they're like, you know, rubbing their hands together like a fly scheme, and like, oh, here we go. I can't wait. Like, good to see people excited for this stuff. Bethesda's come out. Lauren's delivering a Bioware like game. Wait till they see what we've been cooking. It's going to be interesting. I don't know. Because Bethesda. Well, Josh,
0: since you can't guess the review scores or the complaints or the praises because that's all already come out, um, what do you think the. The final thoughts on Baldur's Gate three are, is going to be when we get to that game awards season. Do you think it'll still be hot on people's minds, or because think about this, there will be at least ten, if not more, major games that have come out after Baldur's Gate three before the game awards. We're talking, uh, you know, Alan Wake, Mario, Horizon, Spider Man, um, Assassin's mm-hmm. Creed. I mean. It'll be, in one sense, like people right now are going like, oh, yeah, it's going to be the big talk at the Game Awards. But there was games earlier, a lot of games earlier in the year, and there was a lot of games after it. And some of those are heavy hitters. So what do you think the final thoughts will be on on Baldur's Gate 3 as the year closes? And do you see it winning game of the year? Well, I could see
1: it going two different ways. I could see it standing up and being able to be the surprise sleeper hit, not sleeper necessarily, but in terms of just some of the other bigger games that people want to sort of will in like Tears of the Kingdom, like Starfield stuff like that. But on the other hand, I could see people being sick of hearing about it by then, because think about it like this, guys. What other game can you guys say in recent memory had a staggered release that came out on each like console? Basically, we had in August, you know, in this month, we had it come out on PC. Here in about a week, you know, if you're not getting early access, it comes out on PS5 and it is confirmed later this year to be coming out on Xbox. It has a staggered release. So there's going to be not everyone from the ecosystem is getting to sort of play it at once and buy into it at once. Everyone who has a specific like console or PC. But the topic will keep getting refreshed. So it's going to keep being refreshed or for some people, they're going to be so sick of hearing about it because it's going to be new for this person, new for this person. Uh, So it'll create an interesting conversation, but I think because of the refreshment rate, it it stands the potential to to definitely be in there. I think what it's going to come down to, though, is ultimately how it performs on PlayStation and Xbox, because I could see if those come out prior, like if the Xbox one even comes out prior to the game awards and. It's really buggy, really like not as well, not as stable as the PC not, release was. It's hard. It's I not as see much it, fun to play. I could see it affecting the reputation a bit enough to yeah. where it may not win that. But so that's really gonna come down to the wire, I think, with that one. But
0: I think it's good.
1: We'll see. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I think it's gonna be a strong talking point still by the end of the year. Because here's my thought: a lot of times, games that you didn't expect get talked about a lot because there ain't nothing else to talk about. Mm-hmm. That happens a lot, you know, like even Dragon Age Inquisition, that was kind of the talk of 2014, and that's cuz 2014 was kind of lackluster for, you know, big game of the year contenders. Yeah. But if you look at this year, there is plenty of shit to talk about that's already released. It's not like Baldur's Gate 3 came out and was the only thing worth talking about this year. This is the year we've already played Zelda, we've already played Final Fantasy, Diablo 4, Resident Evil Remake, Hogwarts Legacy. Like, I would say Baldur's Gate 3 has overshadowed all games that have come out this year. And not just because it's the freshest, I'm saying the way that people are talking about it is even overshadowing the way that was talked about the prior one, so... I don't think this is due to people being bored or needing something to play. I just think it's a damn good game that came out of nowhere. I think it's I think it's still going to be talked about when it comes to game award season, and uh, I, I think it's a good. It's got a good chance of of being game of the year two things I, I hope it is two
1: things to say because I know we got to move on to some, uh we got ups.
0: 15 minutes so I gotta yeah. get out of here Josh
1: uh, I'll say it real quick I mean I completely agree with that I'm very excited to see that I mean I, I, I I'm so used to sort of seeing uh games come out that I'm not as interested in and, and those doing so well for other people like Elden Ring last year Raggy Rock stuff like that you know um that I'm vicariously more excited for uh but this is something I've really like been wanting for a long time it's finally about to be here for me uh, and to see it doing so well with the reputation just makes me feel so good that's part of the reason i'm so excited for this game uh, i'm just so obsessed with it right now it just feels like it feels good it feels good i forgot what this feeling's like so it's awesome on the other hand i know we don't really have time to talk about it as much but brian what the hell is up with i, I mean all this low-hanging fruit shit that we've gotten from starfield lately has just driven me nuts like i just wanted to get oh, your yeah. thoughts on that because i feel like We didn't really talk about that, but like people bitching about the main menu and all this, like some of the recent reveals, like that stuff that's come out about the planets and stuff. I'm just like, I am so tired at this point. Like, I I mean, you tell me if you disagree or not, but I feel like we're at that point where the game is so close to being out, but not out that people are just looking for anything to bitch about at this point because the wait is so hard. It feels like a slow news day. Because not, all we, like. once we got the live-action trailer, it's like, that's it. They're not going to tell us anything until the embargo's left. So everyone's picking apart what they can. And it just seems silly.
0: Yeah, no, I agree 100%. Um, it's either people complaining about... Uh, there was a thing going around that, like, uh, somebody was walking across the planet and a thing popped up that said, like, you've gone too far, turn around. And basically, everyone reviewing the game, major reviewers have come out and said, hey... The thing you guys are freaking out about, we're not allowed to talk about it because of embargo, but, like, this is not something to worry about. And and what I've seen somebody allude to, I can't remember who it was, is that planets are fully explorable, but there might be an area on the planet where you need to get in your ship to get to the next spot on the same planet. Like, it's not like an invisible wall, like people are talking. Or That's okay. Or, uh, yeah, or, or just, I mean... I have seen this in, like, I don't know. I don't want to try to be, like, Mister. look at Mr. Big Adult over here. But, like, I've seen so much talk about Starfield on the Internet in the last week. And so much of it is people pecking at every little corner, nip, little thing they it's can. It's fucking to ridiculous, Just, get a sweet, dude, just to get a sweet taste of what it might be like to play the game. Exactly. And I'm like, touch some freaking grass and come back in a week and play the damn thing yourself. Yeah. Like, I don't... And, and yeah, you see people on the Starfield, you see the threads on different forums and stuff. There's just millions of pages of people like, oh, well, what if it can't do this? Oh, what if you can't do this? Pre-release anxiety, and then, bro. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then like 10 different people will, will say something yeah, yeah, and yeah. someone will be like, maybe this will be the biggest failure of the year. And it's like... Are you kidding me? Like, calm down, yeah, guys. Remember, we're it's almost like, there. We're almost there. It goes back to that story me and Josh always tell about the Shadow of Mordor and people on NeoGAF saying the Xbox version is going to be basically unplayable because it doesn't run at the same resolution as PlayStation. And then you get the game and it's virtually uh, the exact same fine. thing. It's perfectly fine. Yeah. So, yeah, people just need to calm down. They're just... We're almost there. I'm just, so excited for Baldur's Gate and Starfield, man. This is so exciting. We're so close. We're so close. We're so close. This is, yeah, two huge games that are like generate. I mean... Yeah, generational titles, and here they are at the same time. So it's really awesome. Josh, are you ready for some voice clips? Let's do it, clips? buddy. Run us in a... there? I really hope Tony's voice clip is like not like nine minutes long. We're gonna. If see. it is, I'll love it. But I know what you mean. I know you got to get out of here. Um, let's see. Here we go, Tony. Three minutes. That's not bad. Let's hear it, Tony.
3: Okay. So, Sacred Icon. Here's the deal. Starfield. Starfield. And. Baldar's Gate 3. Yeah. Baldars. Um, So, first of all, I don't have a good enough PC to play any games <laughs> other than, like, fucking King's Quest and Myst, which are hella old. But cool. Cool. <clears throat> Baldar's Gate 3, if it comes out on console, I'm going to lose my fucking shit, and I'm definitely going to play it, and I'm going to get super excited. People are saying it's a high probability that it will be on console. So, um, when it happens like, officially, I, I will lose my mind. It is. I think I'm equally excited for both. And uh, Starfield, here's the thing. Like, I was kind of on the fence about it. Uh, I didn't want to get too excited for numerous reasons, but, like, the top, you know, main reasons were just like overhype, like they were really selling it hard and and at this age that kind of puts me off it's like the harder you fucking try to sell something the the more i loosen my grip on something and go eh i get that we'll see right and that's just because of jade right uh but in reality when phil spencer tweeted that clip of him uh not he didn't tweet it i'm sorry when I found on Twitter or X or whatever the fuck it is now, <laughs> uh, a clip of Phil Spencer saying it's more akin to like Oblivion than it is Skyrim. I, I was I was s- just yeah. pushed off the fence and over to the Starfield. Pretty high because
0: <laughs> because just, Oblivion's better, Wesley. I, I don't
3: know. I-, I liked Oblivion a lot more than Skyrim, and it was for numerous reasons. Because it was better, Tony. Just, like rant and <laughs> That's why you about, liked it more
0: the point is
3: because he said that it's got me hooked maybe that was by design or maybe he was just being super genuine i feel like he was being super genuine uh if the style if there's like heart and soul that feels like oblivion exploration and character interaction and just kind of quirkiness um and like this mix of humor and wonder um yeah and just exploration then yeah i i cannot wait for fucking starfield to come out so Hell yeah that's my take man uh can't wait to hear your guys's episode and what you guys think and what everyone else thinks to uh because i think uh a mass majority of us in this community in the sacred icon community are super uh observant of starfield right now we're all kind of got this looming eye over it and we're wondering and we're like equal parts excited and worried and uh just like this inner child fucking wanting a new game release to come and just blow us away so yeah all right love you guys talk to you later
0: I'll go quick first, Josh, since we're running low on time. But good news for you, Tony. I love hearing from you. I always love hearing from you, Tony. Uh, Baldur's Gate Three is coming to PS Five in later in a few days and uh, Baldur's Gate 3 is coming to Xbox before the end of the year, so you will be able to get it on console, so freak out, get excited, because it's happening. Yeah, and
1: and just Uh, to be clear, Tony, uh, you'll be able to play it with your wife in local co-op on the Series X. I I think you have that one. Series X and PS5. Yeah, Yeah. I think you have that one, not the Series S, so you'll be good. You'll be good.
0: Yeah, yeah. See, there you go. There's that parody cropping up again. But uh, And then uh, as far as what you said about Starfield, Tony, Oblivion is my premier Bethesda experience, so if... Phil's getting Oblivion vibes from it, and I see those vibes as well. Holy shit, is that going to be exciting, and uh, that's everything I want, too. So, yeah, we're in a great place, Tony. This is an exciting time. I I love people like you and I think like Diente, kind of people that have come into our community and been like you know i've never been like the the big nerd who follows like the daily gaming news but sacred icons kind of got me into doing that now and now i'm excited for shit i never used to be it's flat i think that's so cool yeah, so thank flattering. you so much tony
1: yeah thank you tony love hearing from you as always i've loved being able to talk with you recently a lot more too been having a lot of fun with that yeah one of the things tony said uh privately to me was just about how just the overwhelming the sensory overload of just games like this and starfield specifically like what the hell do you you all this stuff seems cool but then some of it's like i'm so fucking tired of just like building this shit or having to do this or this is like supplemental because you know they try to incorporate it in a way that makes it feel somewhat necessary even if they try to you know you know promote it as not being such but uh i i know we'll find our way with that game and uh Dude, Baldur's Gate 3, I, I, I feel like you're going to love that game, Tony. I mean, just knowing you as a D&D fan too and stuff, uh, I can't wait for you to be able to get your hands on it and just for us to talk about our different builds and, and where we're at in the game and characters and our thoughts on that shit. Uh, can't wait for that, but love hearing from you, man. Uh, great to hear your voice as always.
0: Tony's the best. Love Tony. All right, we're going to rush. We're going to go quick, guys. We got Mustard Chief. He wrote in. He didn't leave a voice clip. He wrote in, so I'm going to read this real sure. quick. He says, greetings, sacred boys. What's Since doing? I was a kid, I always found sci-fi stories fascinating, especially when it involves space exploration. While in recent years, I've found sci-fi subgenres like cyberpunk more intriguing, Starfield offers an opportunity to go back to that childhood wonder of exploring the stars. When I was 16, I played Skyrim for the first time. I was struggling with the stress of a college prep school, not having a lot of friends, on top of the typical teenage angst. Skyrim offered an escape from reality, and while I never got far in the story, I had a lot of fun going around the game world fighting bandits and leveling up. I never got into Fallout because I didn't like the user interface or the menus very much, mm. but I with Starfield, that. I'll be able to see how their combat has improved since 2011. Thanks for continuing the podcast and building your community. Stay rad, Mustard Chief. Thank you so much for saying that, dude. Uh, I think when games can provide escapism, that's like one of the quickest ways to our hearts, right? And I think Bethesda, it's its trademark is providing escapism. So uh, if you love Skyrim. I can't imagine you're not going to love this one. And I I know Josh can relate to you with like fallout kind of not being aesthetically sure he wants to be, but over to you, Josh.
1: Yeah, I feel you, man. I mean, I, I, you know, the difference between being younger and being older playing games is that, you know, when you're older, you anticipate this stuff more as when you're younger. Like, yeah, you still anticipate it, but at the same time, like it's still kind of nebulous. Uh, Whereas when you're older, you know, it's just like, you're leaning on that for the escapism where you have that chance of escapism when you're younger. And that's how a lot of games like oblivion, especially was for me I had a uh, one of our dogs in our family passed away around the time oblivion came out on consoles. And, uh, I got that as a form of escapism, uh, you know, and, uh, my head cannon was that one of the horses I got, I named after that dog. So he was always kind of with me on the journey and stuff like that. So that game's always stuck with me for a lot of reasons, but, uh, yeah, uh, no, I feel you, man. I, I'm, I'm really excited to just go up into space in a Bethesda game. You know, give me that mothership Zeta reference in there somewhere. You know, oh, that would be so cool. So, that would be that so much. neat. Uh, I got it. We didn't talk about this, but I, I hope there's something. Just even if they just say the word aliens, you know, give me something.
0: I want alien. You know, if there's not an alien in this I game, I'll be. I don't need it exploring. to be Mass
1: Effect. I'm just, I just yeah. want a little bit of the alien cheek that have something to do with the main story. Yeah. Discovering
0: aliens, that'd yeah. Be awesome. All right. but, hey, Josh, thank you our-
1: thank you mustard chief really appreciate it yeah you sorry
0: me. you guys can blame me if I cut Josh off or run us too fast we're just coming up on time here um, he's got family over so I understand yeah well actually I don't have family over oh! I have, uh, oh! <laughs> did I tell you I had family over? I thought you, I thought you did aren't they aren't they there no, for I'm just her? gonna put I'm gonna put the baby to bed in like eight minutes oh
1: isn't aren't they in town for the weekend or they're coming uh, right
0: they come over on Saturday morning oh okay so, we got a little ways to go yet. Uh-huh. But uh, this is from our boy Trickster. Let's hear That's from him. Trickster. What am I going to play this with? Why is it making me choose? Okay, here we go. Let's play it.
2: Hey, Brian, Josh. Trickster here. I know hey, we're all inside for Starfield coming up. And you guys are awesome. Thank you, man. And I've been doing my darnest to keep away from those super leaks. Mm-hmm. Because they're almost everywhere. Anyways, you guys are awesome. Always keep it sacred. <laughs> and I'll What's be that? Making my character right on solo. So Chewie, hate the hyperdrive.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah. Thanks dude. for the kind words. Thanks for the kind words,
1: Tricks. i love glad the, 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 you're excited. The, the, the rubber ducky squeak. I love that.
0: I know. The squeaky toy, like, uh, yeah, that, that, that killed me. Cause it was, <laughs> I didn't know if he did it on purpose or if he, like, stepped on it.
1: Oh, but hey, thank you so much, man. Hey, dude, I feel you, man. Uh, how is it? How exciting is this? So we finally at this point with Xbox, man. The games are coming. The games are coming. The games are coming. They're finally here. You know, at least it feels that way. And uh, I can't wait to see just how everyone's going to be talking about Finally, this.
0: Phil Spencer, come out and say gaming. And you're like, he's at like, gaming. You're like, yeah, there is games. Yeah, there he
1: there just is he, he turns around. It's his ass cheeks. And then there's like a cartridge of a physical game in there and it's Starfield. <laughs> it's like, you got to pull this out of my ass because look all the <laughs> trouble I went through to get it here. But uh, in through the it out through the back. But no, Would you have to blow
0: in the cartridge after it came out? Oh yeah. Duty?
1: Oh, you gotta blow on it a little like, bit. Get a little bit of the particles like, in there. Like I, he's like, like that's Nintendo. Just, that's just Cajun seasoning.
0: I'm, I'm used to I'm used
1: to dust, but not dingle
0: dingleberries. Like I'm not used to
1: <laughs> I'm not Creole seasoning. Just a little bit in there. But uh, hey, trickster, thank you so much for sending that in, man. I feel you. Just so excited for this point. I'm so glad we're we're finally here. And and for us on the podcast, this is the first time in a, like since Halo Infinite that we've all been kind of writing a game together. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Xbox Game Studios exclusive. That's yeah, how we do. That's how we do. All right, here we go. This is Deante. This has been the guy, the most hyped guy in the Discord. Let's see <laughs> Let's what he has it. to say.
2: Howdy, y'all. It's Deante, and I'm here to talk about just how fucking excited I am. I'm freaking stoked, baby. I'm going to dive balls deep into this game. That's the way to do it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> before this, yeah. before April or May of this year, I hadn't honestly not the slightest clue of what starfield was um i heard the boys talk about it in their podcast uh i knew it was an xbox exclusive so i was like you know what i'll check it out see what's going on mm-hmm. and i watched the release date reveal uh that that trailer thing and i was blown away man uh i know a lot of people weren't but that that first person gunplay looked smooth as you would off. like that bro it <laughs> from there um before this before joining the server before this year I had never watched an E3 demo or any kind of game deep dive. Uh, I just oh, see the trailers yeah, and, that's right. and I don't play see. that. So I buy it and play it. Um, and then I saw this and it was cool. It was like a behind the scenes thing. I saw how passionate these dudes were for this game. I'm like, this is going to be something special. Right. And after that day, Um, I scoured the internet daily uh, to see if I could order a collector's edition. Um, And, I mean, every day, just nope, no collector's edition. And June 11th comes around. We get the fucking Starfield Direct, which was awesome. And (laughs) that was the standard. That should be the standard for deep dives from going here on out. 100% agree. Because that was amazing.
1: Totally agree. And
2: uh, pre-orders went live. Immediately after, I'm like, "Yep, they're releasing on September 6th, and I pre-ordered that shit <laughs> as quick as I could. I mean, everywhere sold out except GameStop. That tells you how how fast this shit went. Right. And oh man, I I just I just can't wait to play this game.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Dante? Here's here's the problem, right? Like you've done such a good job of making yourself the hype man for Starfield in right. the Discord. But, for all of you out there who don't know, this man right here, Diente, has been the man who has been spouting all year in the Discord, Redfield Game of the Year. Redfall Game of the Year. You said, I Redfield, said Redfield, bro. bro. <laughs> I did the same thing you did. I did the same thing you did. Too many fields and falls, around. Right? He's been going to the Discord all year going, uh, Redfall, Game of the Year, 10 out of 10. Yeah. Goaty, Game of the Year, yeah. Redfall. So, I don't know. Do you want to trust the guy who said Redfall <laughs> Game of the Year, 10 out of 10? Do you want to trust the hype he's bringing? I'm not sure. But in all seriousness, Diente. I'm so excited for your hype. I'm glad that you being a part of this community has made you more clued into something like this. And now it's like your most hyped thing ever. You're going to be wearing that watch. You're going to be taking work off. You are going to have such an amazing time. And I hope that it seems like they will. I hope Bethesda's uh, shooting mechanics in this game are just on another level from what they've had in the past because I know shooters are what that's your thing. And like yeah. this seems to be the one where they're really gonna knock it you're out. You're gonna play pump,
1: like so. 97% of this game in first person. I've no doubt. Super.
0: To your respect yeah. though. Oh so, yeah. Oh yeah. He's gonna go third person. He's gonna be like, no, nope. he's like, oh, I'll go, go back is cool for a person. screenshot. Yeah. Back into first person. Yeah.
1: yeah right. <laughs> but, right. Hey DNT, I love the message, dude. I love your excitement. I feel it in there. I love you're like, I'm sick. You know, I love I love all that <laughs> shit. <laughs> that was hilarious. Um oh i mean i'm happy for you too i'm glad you get the week off i, I saw you having some anxiety about waiting for the uh the, the collector's edition to ship it hadn't shipped yet i think as of like yesterday or something like that uh i really hope that has worked out i haven't checked the discord today yet but uh really hope you get that buddy because uh, i uh, you you deserve to play it man you get all the time off for it and everything too and uh you've been really supportive of us being excited for it and hit me up with that uh, game pass membership thing the other day and really appreciative of that um but you mentioned something real quick. I wanted to actually ask Brian, but you mentioned about how you hadn't really followed a lot of the, the updates and stuff about games uh, prior to joining the community. And that's something that, you know, Brian and I have, have always more or less done. But Brian, Brian, why do you like doing that stuff? What what do you get out of it? Just following all the latest gossip.
2: Um.
0: Well, I think, Um. I mean, I think my just innate natural passion is for the gaming industry. So, you know, I think it's like any... I mean, it's not a very original passion because everybody and their mother tries to make content creation a thing because they're so passionate about the gaming industry, right? But the thing is, there's too many people for everyone to be these hugely successful content creators. But I don't know. I mean, I think it it all stems from, for me, I think it all started with Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. I was 11 years old and I opened a Game Informer and there it was. And I'm like, this looks like my dream game. Mm Mm-hmm how do i find out more about it and just through hype and and the you know the rise of the internet and and me trying to find out everything there is about this game i just you know i think nintendo forums is kind of where i started they don't even do that okay. anymore nintendo forums closed in 2006 and i just i i found places like ign and places like gamespot through me trying to follow stuff and then i think the the uh the process of following a game to launch and then getting the game was just such a satisfying feeling, you know, that I think once Twilight Princess came out, then it was all on to the next game, right? And then here I am, 31 years old, I'm still doing it because it's just, that's just part of it. You know, I w- you know, it's like, I I can't imagine what it would be like, let's say Starfield came out tomorrow and I'd never heard of it before you know what what kind of experience would that be yeah. i haven't felt that since i was like 10 i've been
1: experiencing that a lot this year of going in the dark with a lot of these games that i've normally but been not like, completely dark, no though. Like, true you know the game exists right you know? but i will say that I, I think part of what i get out of it is honestly just being able to the game kind of lives on uh until it comes out for me being able to talk about it with brian on in, like the last 10 years and we were talking about mcc leading up to its release especially it was like the game just kind of existed nebulously as long as we kept talking about it and had all these different thoughts and that's where i wanted to be all i wanted to do was play that game but i had to wait so many months for its release and being able to talk about it just sort of cultivated this like always being in that frame of mind i guess that hyper uh, that i usually say is not good but uh, uh it's fun it's fun but yeah, deante thanks so much for sending that in buddy <laughs> love to love the enthusiasm
2: Real
0: quick one, Josh, this isn't really on topic, mm-hmm. but we got an email from Chris Greco, Migecco, have you seen my Greco? Oh, shit, okay. And he says, I'm three-fourths of the way in episode 211, and this was on my YouTube feed. And I'm going to click the link. He said, I literally LOL'd. Um, let see here. Okay. It's a game showcase. Here we go. Thank
3: you. Thanks, guys. That was was amazing. Thanks so much. Peggle Two? I'd say I was speechless, but I have one more thing to announce coming this year:
2: Peggle Two.
0: (laughs) 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 Man, that dude was excited for some Peggle Two. I love that. Yeah, he said
1: come out and deliver these games and promote it, and he's just—they're like. Fuck it, dude. We don't have time to promote this shit. You gotta come out and just announce it. He's like, that's it? He's like, how do I get people excited? He's like, I don't know what I'll do. Yeah. I'll do a fucking three sixty spin jump.
0: Yep. Bitch. Yep. Uh yeah, so he just wanted to call that out and he said, loving the FPS history. So shout out to Blaster and DS. Yeah, absolutely. Thank FPS you for history. that, man. And thanks for stopping. Um, Josh, out. I think what I'm gonna do is we got one more voice clip from Albino. Okay. But then there's a secondary like mini clip that Tony just sent. Okay. I'm thinking we just throw that at the end of the at the very end of the uh, episode. I'd love to hear it everything. live though.
1: But I understand if you don't have time.
0: I don't. I don't think I have time. I really don't. I don't even know. I don't really have time. We'll see here. We'll see. I don't really have time for albinos even. But we're gonna do it anyways because we care about that community. Yeah, let's hear albinos. Let's see here, albino. How long is albino? Six minutes. Oh my lordy, you're killing me. I might honestly leave this for Josh and he can finish the podcast. It might come to that. Let's see here. Oh, is it playing? I don't hear it. It's music's playing. Yeah. Oh, I don't hear it. Okay.
4: She downloaded my game last night. Pre-flight. Ooh. Zero hour. 8 p.m. Oh,
1: hitting us with a Rocket Man cover.
4: And I'm gonna be
2: high
1: <laughs> as a
4: kite by then.
1: This just makes me more excited.
0: I know, this actually gave me hyped I miss here so much I miss my wife Oh
1: man, that's what Ron's going to be saying in like a couple days They just got to go down downstairs
4: <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> It's lonely out in space Did you have a crew with you On such a timeless flight
0: This is amazing He's really going the full I love it, this. man I'm, imp- I'm impressed i doing my old
4: music Be a
2: long,
4: long time <laughs> till power down brings me round again to fine. I'm not the man I think I have at home i am a stop you man.
0: <laughs> man. The the thing that the stop things the that Todd Howard does to people. That's when you know we're here.
4: Holy shit! <laughs> What's up, albino?
1: That was amazing. Oh, what an so entrance! So fucking
4: hyped for this that was game. Amazing. What oh, man. Who are you? We are like <laughs> less than thirty-six hours away from this thing. Yeah. Probably like twenty-four by the time uh, Brian and Josh's video comes out, <laughs> podcast, whatever. Mm-hmm. Holy crap! I just like. Social media has been insane from Bethesda over, like, the last 48 hours. They've just been coming out with, like, all the the companion info. They've been doing, like, these little teaser videos with, uh, like, all the mechanics and stuff. Like, the customizable ships and being able to do, like, your background. And I'm just freaking blown away. I cannot Wait. it's just so crazy just to look at all of the other video game companies like posting their stuff this week because like this game is affecting the whole industry like you see sony posting about no man's sky earlier this week Mm -hmm. um blizzard has their like bonus xp and gold event going on in diablo 4 please don't it's leave. like don't it, leave, people just know this game is coming and <laughs> right. they are trying to do their best to to keep people's attention and uh fucking failing
2: <laughs>
4: uh, <laughs> uh i mean i know boulder gate is coming out you know, on uh ps5 don't hurt and me. josh um super excited for you think, but oh but. man this game is going to be amazing i get it man I get regardless of whether we're going to be able to land on gas giants or or stars or whatever yeah. other crazy ideas people have that think this game's gonna like go in the pooper because of <laughs> invisible boundaries I'm that are like the a 15 minute walk away from where you're landing on a planet right. it's just it's so crazy the, i i'm just like i want to say speechless but i've had verbal diarrhea here for like the last <laughs> two or three minutes but uh oh you're great yeah man i i cannot wait uh i want to say that i'm gonna be able to just take this whole weekend and um
0: if it's shaking like, dive in it's verbal diarrhea i want to talk about, about, our about our responsibilities bro. but
4: Unfortunately, uh, we're all uh, we're old, old men. Uh, yeah. So we yep. got uh, other things that we need to be doing. Um,
0: like, that's I'll, me right honestly, now. Honestly, <laughs> I'll
4: be lucky if I get like an hour of uh, the game in mm-hmm. on the first night. That's me too, bro. We all know that's just going to be like character customization.
1: Um, I'm glad no one's trying to race. Maybe I'll another. Be lucky and get, you know, this game. five six a, hours. True, be, that
0: that would not be a fun race. race.
4: Um, man, like, whew. I have not been this hype for a game in a really, really, really long time. Like, I believe it,
1: uh, bro. That song isn't.
4: I want to say this <laughs> probably beats out Infinite. Um,
3: Get out, woo! out
4: of hyped for that. But uh, I will say that this week has actually flown by. Good. And good. I just want to take a quick, hot second, sure. to just say. Holy crap it is Infinite in a, an awesome spot right now. Thank you. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if anyone's jumped into multiplayer this week. That's been but, me
0: all week. Mm-hmm.
4: Um, the addition of Husky Raids Ooh, and so good. eight new maps for it is just insane. Gotta play them. Um and I even tweeted uh, mm-hmm. tweeted. Is it is it even a tweet anymore or is it like an X? I know, right? It's still Heck a
2: tweet. Box, says tweet.
4: A Either way, I reached out to Horospus. Because I was like, I don't think there's any, like, shard story stuff happening anymore. And he totally shut me down and was like, yeah, now they're, like, the the Tenrai event's coming up and there'll definitely be stuff for that. I'm like, sweet. Cool. So, uh, yeah, that's my little tangent on Infinite. And, um, yeah, guys, uh, Starfield, probably less than 24 hours by the time this thing hits. uh, Are you ready?
0: Bro. So ready. So ready. You know, the what's awesome is that the thing about exclusives are they synergize with with the brand. So, being excited for Starfield makes me more excited for Halo Infinite, it makes me more excited for Forza, it makes me more excited for Hi-Fi Rush. Like I think that's just what happens, right? Like when exclusives are good, they start to synergize with each other and you just love the ecosystem, you know. Yeah, God right. of War makes you excited <laughs> about Horizon, Horizon makes you excited about Uncharted and you know, like LeapFrog. So, yeah, like just hearing him talk about Halo Infinite like it's sweeter to me because we're getting Starfield. I don't I don't know if that makes sense to Absolutely. To people, all dude, everything I love gets your,
1: because of what else comes.
0: Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I loved your we song at the together. beginning dude that was amazing. I'm so glad we have that.
2: Yeah. That's and uh,
0: dude, I that's crazy that you're like I think it makes sense and it's awesome. You're more hyped than you were for Halo Infinite. Uh um, Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It's just crazy cuz For me, it just—I guess—it just paints me, paints me as as the deep Halo nerd that I am, because like, nothing's came close to Halo Infinite uh, since Infinite for me. Um, But Starfield's gonna be part of that is the podcast, though, just doing that together. Oh yeah, for sure. I get it. Lots of things, but uh, (coughs) this is a game worth being excited for, dude. Like Albino's been there, right with Diente. So man, uh, I'm stoked for you. I feel you. I'll only be playing it uh, as little as you're playing it because of life. But uh, yeah, over to you, Josh. Yeah,
1: dude, that was amazing, man. What a way to, to intro us uh, into that with the song and you singing that. I was I was there for it. Had you done the whole thing, we would have been vibing with you. Uh, loved with that, man. Uh, love where Halo's at right now. Like I said, I'm probably going to try out that uh, that new event they got going on to kind of tide me over. But yeah, man, uh, you know, what, what you made me think of is just like, you know, how we got the live action trailer like last week or whatever at Gamescom. Like that's the sign when you know the world's about to stop for a big game release. Like when we get a live action trailer for an b- upcoming video game, like I'm not talking about like those ones that they'll do, like in the beginning before we even see footage of a game. I'm talking about like the launch type, like hype live action trailers that we get. Like we just got one with Dave Batista from Mortal Kombat one, you know, and not a knock on that. But obviously, I don't think that's in the same field as much as I love Mortal Kombat as Starfield. But just seeing that live action trailer, they showed us having uh, Rocket Man by Elton John, you know the cover, and then you seeing that cover here. I'm like, holy shit, bro, we're there! Like, I can't remember the last time like the podcast or community just felt so collectively excited over something. And even the people that aren't are still excited for those people that are excited. So, really cool. Loved your message. Uh, great reminder and great way to kind of uh,
0: get us out of the show. That was that was great, dude. Thank you, Josh. We'll go ahead and uh, do Tonys because I. It's already... I missed the I missed the boat. Okay, <laughs> so okay. We'll go ahead t- we'll and get yeah, Tony's here, here want to hear before we get them. out of yeah, here. Let's, um, let's see here. Tony's got one more for us. Here we go. One minute.
3: Okay, something weird's happening, guys. I uh, haven't been excited for Starfield. Um, maybe repression, I don't know, or whatever reason. I just, like, didn't want to get excited. Uh-huh. I don't know whatever's going on. But then all of a sudden, like, just now... All of the hype that I should have had from fucking back when they announced it and we're talking about it being like fucking open world, like a Skyrim basically in space or now more like Oblivion in space. Yeah. Oh my God.
2: (laughs) I'm having all the hype. Hit me
3: today. What is it? Fucking a day and a half before it comes out. (laughs) 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 Yeah. (laughs) And I got a four day weekend. Son of a bitch. Yeah. Holy <laughs> shit! This is what fucking excitement is. I am so goddamn hyped about this game. Fuck yeah! Dude. I'm, I'm gonna fucking. I want. I wish I had space pants and a space hat. Go <laughs> wear them. Don't even need And space gloves, them. and I could just sit on my oh, couch as, it, as if I was space. in outer space, and just lift up the little lid, the visor, whenever I needed to chomp on a chip or a <laughs> pizza bite or something. Oh my god, you guys, come on,
2: bro.
0: Yeah! (laughs) Man, Tony makes me want to watch. You know, remember that old Disney movie Rocket Man? Yeah. Oh, my dad
1: loves that movie. It's so funny. Dude, dude.
0: that I remember as a kid, nothing was more funny than when he parts in the tube. Yeah. Suit and it goes, it travels through the tube (laughs) into the other guy's astronaut. That's one of my
1: dad's favorite movies. He loves Rocket Man. Absolutely. Dude,
0: I mean, I remember loving it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's a a Uh, really fun movie. Uh, Tony, dude, love Um, your message, man. Uh, I'm all about. I'm, I'm basically floating buck naked in zero g space doing front flips on my way to the release of Starfield and Baldur's Gate 3, bro. I'm so excited that we're here, man. What a time. What a time.
0: Man, it's making me, I feel so out of the loop for me. You guys are like, I'm just, I'm feeling all this hype from Josh and all you guys with the voice clips. And I'm like, I I just, I, I'm interested to see what you happens after, after I play this stuff game. Going
1: on. And you know what though, Brian, like I said, I'm so not so really going to be able to play anything until Sunday even. So everyone's going to have 48 hours on me, but I'm just happy that these games are going to be out. It's, it's a time. I think
0: I'll get to play some Friday, but not at all Saturday. Oh, and
1: maybe by later. the time I'm really able to dive into anything Sunday, you'll have already beaten the game and say, Josh, it's going to take you another year True. to beat it. By the time you've done it, uh, there'll, <laughs> be another, there'll be another Starfield 2.
0: <laughs> you'll see, some, <laughs> that sounds you'll like see me. some shit like that. <laughs> that sounds like me, yeah. No, and i I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm. there's no way I'm going to play this as much as other people because, like, best case scenario, I put 80, 90 hours. You know
1: what, Brian, it. though? You're, you're a great friend. You know, being there for some other someone else right now, and you, your great dad, uh, got getting ready to celebrate a year of River Kate. I mean, it was like a year ago, war, uh, I almost said war in the north, the one ring came out. That's insane, you know, and you guys got to watch that in the hospital. Uh, but now you have those, th- those two things, and then you got uh, these games coming out. So when that kind of settles down, you'll be able to dive into these games.
0: Well, I appreciate you, Josh, and to give you guys, I mean, to actually not to two much more. Well, call but me Mark Simpson because I love you, homie. No, not to, But to reinforce what Josh is saying, the only reason I wanted to get out of here strict, strictly about 15 minutes ago is because that's when we put my daughter down to sleep and we usually sing to her and read to her and pray with her. What do you sing her to her? And I don't... Uh, uh, we, oh, we sing This Wandering Day from uh, Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. Rings, I said
1: One Ring again earlier. I just realized that, but yes, Rings of Power.
0: Yeah, but uh, I don't like missing that. I like being there for putting her down to bed. So, But Erica went ahead and did it without me. It's not really a big deal, but it's just... I don't know. Plus, I told Eric I'd be off by then. But well, thank you for, thank you for sticking mind. around
1: for this one, man. This is it's our school, longest episode a, that we have done in a while, guys.
0: It's wow. a big hype episode yeah. for a big, big, big interesting time. So, guys, it'll be interesting when Josh and I come back with the next episode after we've both played Starfield and Josh has played Baldur's Gate three, just to see where we're at and what the vibes are like. It'd be nice out there, to get guys. Creighton on so.
1: for the impressions of Starfield.
0: That would be cool, yeah. Because yeah. like. Creighton, my brother Creighton, is a uh, probably the biggest Bethesda fan I know. I'm not saying he's the biggest in the world, just saying he's the biggest one I know, and Oblivion is his number one game Yeah, of all my time,
1: second so. is in your top ten, so hearing that stuff about yeah, Oblivion it's my top is ten. good, so. good,
0: good juice. A good good one. juice. Uh, but guys, we're going to skip the patron shout-outs this time. We will definitely get you back next time. We Hopefully you appreciate like 30 extra minutes of conversation. Yeah.
1: Love you guys. of so the patron shout-outs. So, sharing so. this together. Love you guys. But
0: yeah, guys, thank you so much for supporting us. It's so cool that... I can think back to two years ago when we were having an episode like this and getting voice clips from the same people about our hype for Halo Infinite and two years here in the future, the same thing's still going on. You're still supporting us. You're still sending in voice clips, and it's not even for the Halo IP anymore. Amazing. Yeah, thank you you so much for being a
1: part of the community. Everyone that sends it in, everyone that listens, means so much, uh, especially when it gets to times like this. You're just happy to be here. We love you guys so much. Love you guys.
0: Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Sacred Icon Podcast. And as always... Keep it sacred.